This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Get ready to fall back into good hygiene and impeccable grooming with Manscaped. Join the two million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with promo code LASERTIME. Everybody and welcome to episode 438 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Brian Crump Memorial Studio of the Airways. If you want to get in on the studio naming action, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Who else is joining me? Ooh, uh, wow, Chris Antista. Can't think of a funny nickname. Antista. That's Jesus. A first. That was wow. real bad. And Skyrim rules everything around me. Scream, y'all. Matthew <laughs> Allen. And special guest. Terrible Biz Marquee tribute at the at the Emmys, T.L. Foster. <laughs> what did I miss here? Matt sounded like Tucker Carlson reading lap, rap lyrics. <laughs> well, uh, Matt's I mean, talking about Skyrim. <laughs> well, oh. T.L., you should talk briefly about PNB. I host a, a video game show called PNB. Uh, we just did our 250th episode. Uh, it actually will release the day of this episode. It's a really great show. I do it with Kayla Zumbaum, Robert Beach, Dylan Tierney, and Brendan uh, Hess. And I also do a show called Life in a Full House with Sonya Ballantyne, which is coming back, people. Don't yeah. worry. Sonya's out doing documentary stuff and being successful. So, uh, but we are coming back. But yeah, those are the stuff I do. That's the shows I do. I, I, I was, I, I only meant to tell you, it's a stupid, sweet sentiment, but because I've just never felt it before. I'm here right now in Florida. I was outside and it was 80 degrees. And then I hear the rustling in the wind and just. And I literally felt fall move in tonight, right before we recorded, went and signed up, re-signed up for my Shutter subscription. It was just nice. nice. Like, cause I, it was, nice. I was outside with like, sh- with like shorts and like, fuck, it's cold. Whoa. Nice. It was not cold two hours ago. I have a top of the show plug as well. Uh, Chris, speaking of fall this Friday. So today, as you're listening to this, I will be doing a Friday version of a Monday night movie for my day job over on Twitch. Oh, yeah. We will be watching, uh, we'll do a watch party for Pumpkinhead, Stan I, Winston's directorial yep. debut, Creature Stan with Stan Winston. Stan Winston's uh, directorial So that's over debut. at twitch.tv slash striking distance studios. I'll be the host. I have someone from the dev team on there with me and it'll be a good time. And it reminds me, I got to get back into, we're going to do some Halloween uh, scary movie, Monday night movies coming up in the month of October. Um, and then Chris and I just did a Monday night movie with Diamond Dog Dave Rudden uh, for Dirty Work in tribute uh, of Norm MacDonald. So uh, you can check that out. It's on Twitch on my channel, Maddie C. Hey, Allen. Hey, and then the you archive guys are way is out going line. up way for patrons. You got a lot of growing up to do, guys. <laughs> I forgot about that scene completely. <laughs> so strange. That, that man's fascination Ridiculous. with anal sex would be offensive if it wasn't so fucking juvenile. And it wasn't is... so frequent. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's going to be a fun show. It's a busy release week. We've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. But first, mm-hmm. there's something from last week. So last week was the eight-year anniversary of a game near and dear to all of our hearts. Of course, 
I'm talking about Grand Theft Auto V. And the week before that, we had a trailer for GTA V on Next Gen, along with the announcement that it was going to be delayed. And people were like, this is being delayed? This game that's already out on two other generations of platforms? And is nearing its 10-year anniversary in like two years? Like... It, it, we, I literally sent Michael a message from my Facebook memories. The eighth anniversary of GTA was last week. GTA Five was last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, I literally remember living when, with eight. my parents when that game came out, and I have moved three separate times wow. since that game has come out. I think people have actually like charted how long like their family. There's people who've like I've. I've moved and started a family and have kids now, like, since GTA V has been out. I bought, I had to rebuy an Xbox 360 with GTA, because I, my other one didn't have a working disc tray. I have bought three Xboxes since, since GTA V, the last GTA. Wow. And, and yeah, for frame of reference, GTA V just turned eight. GTA three turns 20 next month. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's right. Right after 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a month afterward, but uh, yeah. yeah. And but probably... I think the reason we, we, the reason, like, we noticed the GTA 5 thing is there's that one meme that was going around that shows, like, 10 years, there were, like, 10 GTA games or something like that. And then the last 10 years, it's, like, the one GTA game yeah. mm-hmm. that they keep releasing which relates to our top five tonight yes Yes. which is games that get endlessly remastered remade and re-released and and have been for a while now there's a bit of recency bias here some of these are a bit newer uh i decided like i i don't think it's that interesting to talk so much about like pac-man and tetris like the older games that really get endlessly re-released or like like California games like who <laughs> when was the last time there was a new version of California games my I, god I don't I don't know but I think there's like I, I think I was looking at it I'm like wow there are like 15 different versions of these they're all wildly different on different platforms I, there's so many different California games you have the Alameda games you have yeah. the La Brea games <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> not a thing different. that is not a thing La Brea is like literally a street in LA that no one goes to I saw Volcano <laughs> No, the they're, they're played the in pit. the tar pits. Yeah. No, the movie Volcano, where the coast oh, okay, was toast, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. But yes, um, yeah, like Michael said, there is a little bit of recency bias in here. But I think it. I think we tried to keep it with games that have at least had a an HD release, right, yes. Michael? Like yeah, okay. an HD release and and often re-release and. That, um, you know, like GTA, have spanned multiple consoles and people just keep buying new versions of them. Well, for some of these, I understand, though, because it's almost like it's like classic film and games will get there. And Mm -hmm. and if not already, they, you know, they might already be there. But it's like there are important games that I feel like if you're going to be if have this as a hobby and play games like it is important, maybe that you play for historical context. And what's great about this medium is. You can update these games True. and re-release them for all new audiences to enjoy, <laughs> yeah. you know? We were, we were just talking... Spoiler, and I don't want to get anybody too excited, but I'm going to talk about DOS Boot somewhere. Okay. And, <laughs> and be- before we could, like, up the resolution of movies, the only thing they could do to re-release them was make them longer, and that's kind of similar to what games do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make it longer, and, and minor plug 302010, and for an eventual 302010 games with you guys... Um, 
I thought it was really interesting in one ep- the newest episode Ico was released 20 years ago oh, wow. mm-hmm. and 10 years to the day is Ico and the Shadow of the Colossus HD collection and then almost 10 years from that is the Shadow of the Colossus remake so like mm-hmm. this weird Ico thing that we only get team Ico thing we get t- every 10 years mm-hmm. well, well I think one of the, the interesting things bit. about this medium and hopefully it'll make for an interesting top 5 is like there's actually a lot of choices you can make when re-releasing games there's a lot of yeah. different things you can do you can just up res them this is like, kind of like a remaster you can completely rebuild them from the ground up you can have a reimagining like the recent Final Fantasy 7 remake like there's so many choices you can make that uh, and I think you, you on our list kind of represent fools errand and release an amiibo. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I do. I also think like I think there is a thing of like not wanting your catalog to go away, right? Like one of the, like one of the games that came out earlier this year that was a remake was the Skyward Sword stuff, and like I get it, it's not anyone's favorite but mine, right? Like I'm the only one who likes it, but it's also so it's it's really good for that media just not to go away. And yeah, I think yeah. there's a there's a there's a reason to remake these things so that we don't lose them. But then there's some that and we'll talk about it on the list that, you know, does it did it really need to be released so many times? Maybe maybe yeah. not, you know? <laughs> I, th- I think what's hard with some games is like gaming preferences and playstyles change so much over time. Like there are games when we say they haven't aged well, it's like there's a lot of games back in the day that just completely didn't respect our time, and it took forever to do little shit, or like even the cutscenes, like the the spaces between lines in the cutscenes just took forever, and it's like, hopefully when folks are remaking these games, they do update that stuff, but sometimes you can kind of end up with an almost completely different game because of those kind of updates right. to consumer tastes, you know? Like, right. think of how, you know, most video games in early video game days, they were kind of just arcade games right it was mm-hmm. you were designed to play them endlessly right. you'd go for high scores and whatever and you know once you could start quote-unquote beating games with home consoles and stuff i think that's where it becomes interesting to see well how do you how do you update those games so we i think one one of these games had the gall to add scores to itself like several iterations that we'll talk about in a moment hmm. and, and just as someone like i don't pc game that much anymore because i can't afford it um, i just and i don't want to keep do the upkeep but remastering and re-releases seems a lot sillier if you're a PC gamer and tends to be like a matter of convenience. Well, I'd also like this on my phone or on my Switch or on my this new system I'm playing, but like your PC one is going to be the superior one. It'll have a free resolution pack. It'll have, uh, what do you call it? How am I missing this? What do fans make for them? Mods. Uh, mods. mods. You could have endless amount of ways to enhance an old game for nothing on PC, yet you see all these stupid console releases. Mm-hmm. Well, what's funny is in the early days of, I'm not going to say PC, let's say home computing, that wasn't the case, right? Like, So you would have several ports of games that could be vastly different from one another. Like, look at like Monkey Island, depending right. on if it's released oh, yeah. on like Amiga versus an Apple versus all mm-hmm. these things. Like, these were like you could sometimes you could you could call them more than ports because it substantially changed the game. And I was kind of looking at timelines. Some of those would come come out like four or five years apart. You know that yeah. that would be forever in gaming years to us back then. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. But once once everyone did kind of go ah, PC is the platform. You're right, Chris. That then it's just kind of like what are you doing? Like it's all just you know just keep updating the thing we already have. Yeah. You know? we, this person's a fan. Maybe they'll buy it on this new device. But like they're probably going to keep playing the PC one. Yeah. Unless you're going to import your character, did that happen? And I, I'm thinking of one game in particular, but never mind. I, I'm just <laughs> thinking about, like, as an adult, seeing the various home computer versions of Strider. 
that came out back in the day, and yeah. it's just like, wow, so many of these look absolutely nothing like the arcade game. Like, not even a down version. Like, you completely redesigned the characters, the models, and everything. And then I wonder, like, how do you even get the feel of the game right? Did you? Like, are the physics the same? Is the action really, the same? Is this just a completely different game? I really thought you were going to say, how do you sleep at night? I, mean, I, remember, <laughs> I, I remember, like, there's a couple great YouTube videos out there on the Ninja Turtles 1 remake for PC. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't... I, I'm, it's not a copy and paste. It's not a convert, like an instant conversion. I know people worked on it. But they worked on it using the NES game as a template. Because the physics were wrong, there is an impassable moment mm. in the PC translation because the jump just won't allow you to clear a critical path. And they didn't test it. They, <laughs> they didn't optimize it. They just released it based on the bones of the NES game. And it's, looking at you, U.S. Gold. Just looking at you, uh, U.S. Gold. U.S. Gold. Well, your unofficial sequels to Japanese games. I don't know how you got away with it. Hmm. Before we kick into the list, Michael, I do want to give kind of a shout out. The Mario series, I was telling you, is kind of notorious for this, but they don't do it several times for one specific game. But you can pretty much count every mainline Mario game usually has about two re-releases in its life cycle. It, well, back when yeah. they did handheld systems, it was like, okay, we're going to do a handheld version, and then we're going to do an all-stars version years from then on, on a new platform that probably like makes the yeah, graphics the, a bit The prettier. only criminal exception is the uh, handheld games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the greatest Mario handheld games are re-releases of home console Mario games, but the exclusives, the exclusives. are stuck on these platforms, and I, I find it terrible i think like super mario land you're made. talking like, like super mario land i'm land 3d land um yeah yeah man hmm. yeah once i I've, I've been told not to uh voice my opinion about mario games so i will not um <laughs> oh did you want to set as, call as mario 64 aware, the, the worst game ever again you have the bad opinion on do you, do you hate more mario games we should know about no, it's just Mario 64 is a bad game. That's all. I, yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all. We can keep going though. What's let's what's a good go. Mario game? Let's 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 calibrate this this uh, <laughs> Super opinion. Mario or Super Mario Land Two, mm-hmm. Wario's Coins is okay, this one out. of the great is uh, is one of the greatest video games to ever be created. That game is awesome. That game should be remade. If we're talking about console Mario games, I mean Three and World are kind of it. Like they're the zenith of like of of Mario console games. I remember turning up my nose at uh, Super Mario Land 2 because the subtitle is Six Golden Coins, and it's like, I collect at least a hundred of those per level. What's this six bullshit? They were huge. And you, you got it introduced Wario to the world. That's yeah. true. That's what true. a great game. But anyway, mm-hmm. let's let's just jump into our top five right after this. Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't uh, (laughs) carve your pants pumpkins or your Thanksgiving gourd when you're grooming your patch. You know what I mean. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. And this season, get 20% off those grooming needs by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping using the promo code LaserTime. Because, hey guys, just because it's the Halloween season, it doesn't mean you should walk around looking like the wolf man. Come on, fellas. There's going to be plenty of sexy costuming afoot, so you got to step up your game a little bit with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. The fourth generation lawnmower trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced and safe technology. Plus, it's waterproof. 
The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop those worst weeds up top in your nose and ears. This nose and ear hair trimmer uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system to provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. <laughs> Seal the deal with a Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which will have your balls smelling as delicious as pumpkin spice lattes on a chilly autumn morning. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and shed travel bag are you ready to fall head over heels for manscaped yet join the two million men worldwide using manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping using the promo code laser time that's one word laser time once again that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code laser time at manscaped.com make your balls a priority this fall it's a fall ball choose manscaped because your balls will thank you And we're back to talk about what? Games Green that just won't stop. Donkey Kong 94. To piss that one God, commenter that game. off. I was talking to somebody about that game. What a great fucking video game. It will never game. come back in any form. Let's begin with... Number five. There's one they fear. In their tongue is Dovacin. Dragonborn. I think whoever came up with the idea of merging the Fusro Da with the the choral music there is a goddamn genius. Mm -hmm. um, that is one of the best trailers of that year. But yeah. uh, what game is this? Uh, this Skyrim. is Skyrim, the game that I have yeah. talked about for over ten years on a, yes. on a single podcast. The, and now my my <laughs> intro makes more sense to people. Like, oh, that's why I introduced mm -hmm. himself. The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, which I think, other than GTA, is the game that people keep making that complaint slash comparison about like, oh, this is just, they just keep re-releasing this over and over. Oh, it's a new version of Skyrim. I guess I'm just going to go and spend $60 on that. No, I know I sound sarcastic, but I'm actually going to do it enthusiastically every single time because it's a great game. Um, they, I haven't really followed. Have they all been ports or, or have there actually been remasters? So, yes, yes. The there There's the original, which came out on PS3, 360, PC, that mm -hmm. got a Game of the Year Legendary Edition, which had all the DLC and sure. I, I think advertised Kinect support on the box. I think that <laughs> yes! got that got patched yes! in. <laughs> yeah. um, oh. Then there was the Special Edition, which came to PS4 and Xbox One, and I think came mm -hmm. to PC in the form of like it, it may have been free for PC players on Steam who already had. Um, I think it was Skyrim. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's just basically a texture pack at that point. Then there was the VR version. Then it came to Switch. Dope. And now this year, November 11th, is going to be the anniversary edition for PS5 and Xbox Series X. So it's getting another remaster on top of the That's other really remasters. Nice. But, like, I just want to point out to people, we have become our parents. This is the exact same thing as my dad's six-disc version of Bridge on the River Kwai. Hmm. He just likes it, and he's happy to receive this box set that might have a new art book in it. Yeah. Doesn't just, mean he's actually going to watch the new print ever, or anything like that. Ever. Yeah. He's just a I, fan. I just don't know who's the person who starts that and you're on that wagon and that guy's like, well, <laughs> seems like they got you again. It's just like, who's the person who's like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. I can't wait to go through Skyrim one more you mean, time. You mean this guy? Hey, My you, man? You're finally awake. You were trying to cross the border, right? Walked right into that Imperial ambush. Same as us. 
And that thief over there. Damn you Stormcloaks. Skyrim was fine until you came along. Empire was nice and lazy. Ooh, we're both going to die, but don't worry. You'll be hearing our voices a lot throughout the entire game as every other character. <laughs> I do love that meme whenever it shows like someone getting their ass beat or dying, and then mm -hmm. they just wake up, and it's him hovering right in front of your face. It's like, okay. <laughs> so I was going to have gay sex with this guy, but then I took an arrow in the knee. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that, is, that is something you hear a lot. I used to be an adventurer like you, and I took an arrow in the knee. <laughs> <laughs> I spent I mean, look, five minutes making that. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a really good game. It's easy to look at it now in a world where we've had so many advancement in what an overworld game is mm -hmm. and kind of poo-poo it. But it was like kind of the first, like outside of like a Morrowind or like the older things. Like this was the first console like, hey, here it is. Like this is like it's not exactly what you would get in the PC, but it's very close and people you know really resonated with it and well, i don't know I like think, it's i think to your point there was <laughs> a lot of heavy lifting had to be done in your imagination when you played elder scrolls games before this but this is kind of realizing what those games are supposed to be right yeah it's this on, was it's, they, they it's perfected the formula they morrowind yes, was like, the first yeah. Oblivion, Oblivion was, Marlin Marlin was the third, but uh, no, I mean yeah. the first, the first on console. Though. Oh, Marwin was the yeah, first on yeah. console. Yeah, was, and, was, and Oblivion still form, had right? some of that like weird. We don't know how to make next gen games or monetize them or add new shit to them kind of things going on. And this is just like this is a modern game. And every time I see people complain about this, like I'm a Nintendo fan, this hasn't been released as much as Nintendo games, and it, it's worth. It's well worthy of being rediscovered as long as it's optimized for that new platform. Yeah. I think the biggest complaint when people complain about it is the great thing about the Elder Scrolls games is they've created so many, like, just really cool worlds in their fiction, and people want to mm. explore those worlds. And the fact that we are still stuck in Skyrim, it feels like a really weird pur purgatory of, like, this really beautiful, actually beautiful world. That has so like like so many great like places just to find, just to explore. But also, I want to see other things. Like I want to go where the lizard folk it's true. are. You know, I, I, I want to. I think people more. are only people are only pissed about it because they want a new, a, an all new Elder Scroll experience. But right. we shouldn't have to lecture anyone on this. Every gaming generation it, you require larger teams and more money to make something that has always been no matter who's reviewing it a massive game in scope mm -hmm. and to make a massive game in scope you need a giant team and years of refinement and it's exponentially going to get worse the longer we live because these elder scrolls games will only become more expensive and yes there is that added irritation of online <laughs> Elder Scrolls Online. Not that I've ever played it. Hey, I know people not for who me. swear by those games. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not I, shitting I, on I know it. people who... And I think that's also the thing, like... When I'm we a Final Fantasy Rockstar fan. Too, like, right? I'm angry at 11 and 14 for delaying what I want from a single-player Final Fantasy game. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, like, that's, I think that's the big thing with GTA, and I think it's equal, you know, equal amount to this. It's like, mm -hmm. for people who want to explore more of those worlds, like, with GTA Online and, um, you know, Elder Scrolls Online, like, there is that possibility of seeing these expanded worlds in a in a different game. It's just that, like Chris said, like if you're looking for a for a single player experience in this world, or just want to enjoy a mainline Elder Scrolls game, like you're kind of holding the bag. Yeah. 
Well, because he, let me let me tell you there. what the difference between Elder Scrolls Online and something like Skyrim is. Elder Scrolls Online does not let you go up to the top of a mountain, dump about 150 cheese wheels that you had sitting in your inventory, and watch them all roll downhill at the same time. And hit bears. Yeah, and hit or, or yeah, knock <laughs> knock bears off of things, uh, send them sprawling out with realistic physics down the side of a mountain. Uh, get punched by a giant so hard that you literally fly into the stratosphere. They didn't include that. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I, I played know. very little of that game, but the the greatest time I had with it was breaking, trying to break it. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. it was mm. fantastic. And and I know Chris, you got hung up on. That you felt the need to just collect everything in the environment. Like, what am I going to do both, with all these plates and forks and shit? It's like, I both got hung up on every mission. I seem to have left my sandals across the blah, 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 blah desert. Can you go fetch my sandals? Mm. You'll have to talk to the ancient wizard before you fetch my sandals. And that was what every quest was. Yeah. Well, the thing <laughs> is, like, well, I think, number one, you go were probably... this, bring it, it back. That sounds like you were finding the radiant quests, which are the randomly generated ones. And number two, the, the thing is, like... Those stupid objectives just exist to send you somewhere cool. Like, That's yeah. true. go find my sandals. Oh, they happen to be in this uh, cave that's filled with monsters and puzzles and has a really cool, cool treasure at the end that isn't sandals. Um, but yeah, they, yeah I, I should probably give it, like I should probably give it a fresh shot yeah. because like, I mean, I, th I think when, it's when, the, the vi like, it's still a really cool, fun game. I think probably the visuals have aged a bit. I think there have been games since then that have probably you know given a, a more smooth approach to open world games but i mean that was has there has there is there anything like skyrim i mean to the witcher usurp maybe? it witcher 3 okay um although it's not quite the same as skyrim skyrim feels very personal because you yeah, are yeah. creating your character in skyrim and it feels like a game that you like i, I remember reading something that was like this guy talking about this house in, in the world and how he would like go down the steps and sort of jump over the banisters at the end, like just like he did in his house growing up. And it's like, this is a world. This is an actual tangible world. And it does like if you can lose yourself in it, it does sort of feel like this is where I live. This is I, I my home remember, for the, the months or however long I'm playing it. I remember there was I was I, I don't I think I tweeted it. It was just something I overheard. Lizzie and Tyler saying when Skyrim came out, they were like, uh, Skyrim is so much better than real life. He's like, I, I have extra money in Skyrim. And he's just like, I own a house. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's things that will never happen for it, most it's, people already. With the stuff you're saying, like, Skyrim games are actually, they're kind of similar to, like, uh, what Deathloop's doing or, or I guess the, um, the other arcane games, they're immersive sims. Like they, yeah. they are meant to immerse you yeah. in this world. I don't know I if I've that being... heard the phrase "immersive sims" before Deathloop came out, but I've been hearing it a lot since then. But it, it's it's games like the Deus Ex, the recent Deus Ex games, right? Mm -hmm. Like the games that they're typically first person, and they're meant to give you a ton of choice, and you kind of play the game you want. And the I hesitate to say Skyrim, so I'll just say the Elder Scrolls games have been that for oh, yeah. a long time. You know, like but Very they're. Part of the trade-off, though, is because you can kind of do so much and try so many things, they're a little clunky because they have to be because it's like, well, we have to allow for so many different scenarios and situations in your world. Mm -hmm. I wanted to it's ask you guys, though, what is it about Skyrim, you think, that made it so big? Because it's by far the biggest Elder Scrolls game. And, and in terms of the formula, it's not doing much more new than the other other games have done, think, even the console games. Is it? I, th I think it refines the formula quite a bit. It is a bit more yeah. action friendly. 
than yeah. than uh, Oblivion and Morrowind were. It does like the two hands on screen thing with like a sword in your right hand and a spell in your left hand that, uh, you know, I think was popularized in, in Bioshock 2. And I think that might have been one of the only times that I remember like asking, were you inspired by Bioshock? And they're like, yeah, totally. And like, ah, someone's finally honest <laughs> about where they got an idea. Yeah. And, and, and the hype for it was unlike anything I'd seen until semi-recently with Red Dead Redemption 2. And I, I'm as confused as that as you might be, Matt, because like I'd know a ton of PC game players. I knew more people playing Morrowind on consoles than I knew PC gamers playing Elder Scrolls games. Mm. I um, for some reason, and maybe maybe this is I'm wrong, but my perception is too. Like Skyrim has a huge female following more than mm -hmm. the other uh, yeah. Elder Scrolls games had. Like it became big with everybody. And I was thinking maybe it, it was because it kind of grew up right around when Twitch was getting big, and so people saw oh, the people it. playing it. Or I, I would I, say I, 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 I had was... thought that, that Oblivion came out so close to the 360s launch and was obviously available on PC that. It allowed people to discover it for years at a time with no competition. And mm -hmm. as much as you want to make fun of Horse Armor DLC, boy, doesn't that seem less exploitative than many other forms of <laughs> DLC nowadays? Um, Sky or, uh, Oblivion on consoles had legitimate content upgrades um, before that was really kind of happening on consoles. Mm. Yeah. Shivering yeah. Isles, all that horse shit. Yeah. I would also say, like, I, I think also you're seeing kind of like the modernization of like, high fantasy stuff, right? Like, when Skyrim blows up is when D&D 5th Edition blows yeah. up, right? Which also well, has a very oh, big... There was also theme. a little show on HBO yeah. that blew up yeah. around the same time. Right. Right. So, like, I, I think, like, when you have all that stuff in, it is very... It's easy to get that zeitgeist because that's what people are talking about and that's what people are really interested in. Um, like I said, I, I podcast with Kayla Zumom, who has been on this train since Skyrim came out, but she also was someone who put in over a hundred hours into Morrowind mm -hmm. on the 360. So like, I think that it just, I, I think that there was just a lot of that, that was going on in just the general public in that world that made it easy for it to, to blossom like it did. But I guess that's the reason, you know, we talked about people complain that, Oh, it keeps getting re-released. It's like, yeah, because every time they put it out, it sells like a kajillion copies. Cause TL yeah. said the word, this is like a zeitgeist game. This isn't yeah, just yeah. like, not just gamers buy this game. Like everyone buys these games when they re-release them. I'm like Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black having to buy the White Album again on everything. <laughs> like, it's, like, it, it, it's like hype levels I haven't seen since Cyberpunk, uh, but it, but it seem to validate all of those hope and hopes and desires. Mm. And, and, and I, I don't, I think that's more important than people that we might be letting on. The idea that people were losing their shit, creating memes, Skyrim will be better than life, and it proved to be true. Mm. It didn't let anybody down. They were just like, it runs kind of stupid on PS3, but this is awesome! Yeah. Also, you gotta think about it at the time, Bethesda just got off of, I just came from Fallout 3, mm. which was a, a, a humongous success, right? Yeah. Like, out, out, like, regardless of what people say now, because we've had hindsight and games have refined themselves, like, Fallout 3 was kind of like, hey, we could do these things on consoles, and then your next game is Skyrim, where it was like, now we're really doing this thing on consoles you know I, I know i'm in the minority but i actually still prefer oblivion i like oblivion what? a lot yeah I, what are you, I, I like what are you I like some Skyrim kind of <laughs> yeah. i don't like either hmm. uh, um, i'm i'm with chris yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway we've talked about this for a while so we should move along to another game that felt like home sort of when it first came out 
Surprising that's not Jeffrey Wright's voice. No. Um, but you know what My game name is this Awatu. is. Uh, I do, and I now have, I'm I have no... I, I'm going to guess it's Mist. It's, it's, it's Mist. Yeah, it's I've never played Mist. Oh, wow. So, first, first came out in, I think, 1993 on Mac and eventually PC, and uh, was... Considered revolutionary for its time. No one had ever seen a game that looked this good. Um, it has not mm-hmm. aged well, which is probably why it's been remade about uh, let's say one, two, three, four separate times since yeah, I think then, I, I, at I, least. I sent you a video. Or, uh, it was yes, a, you did. The most interesting thing about the Mist cycle is that like how, how drastic... I don't know if there's been a game as drastically overhauled as Mist. Like four times. Yeah. And it's been... So there was... Missed the original. There was the Masterpiece Edition, released a few years later with updated graphics. Then there was Real Mist in 2000, where like, oh, it's not static anymore. You can you can move Walk freely around. like it's a first-person shooter. And if you tried to go back to that any time other than the early 2000s, you're like, ah, this looks like <laughs> shit. Mist should not look like this. This is really bad. And then it came out. For there, there were console versions on like PlayStation and 3DO and CDI. There was a DS version. There was a PSP version. It was on Windows Phone and iOS. And then there was real in 2014. It got Real Mist Masterpiece Edition, which was a graphical overhaul for Real Mist that brought it up to the graphical standards of let's say Skyrim. Uh, so it looks pretty good, kind of dated now. And then this year, well, actually last year, 2020, it got a VR remake that I was made about to it say. to to uh, consoles this year in HD. That actually is it looks really good. And once you acclimate to its style of gameplay, which is very not handholdy and very just <laughs> like you're on an island, figure it out. You better have found that fucking book or you're never yeah. getting through this uh, minecart level. Yeah, so, exactly. So here's my question. As a, as someone who's never played Mist, what kind... I know Mist is a puzzle game. It's an environmental mm-hmm. puzzle game. Yeah. That's it. That, that's it's, it. It's, that's it. It's, it's the Witness. It's a fucking first, it's first person pointing click. Yeah, like The Witness is... Uh, okay. People have called that Mist-inspired. With, with a lot fewer puzzles than The Witness. The Witness yeah. is just lousy with puzzles versus right. Mist they're more environmental like yeah. like with the witness i think it got knocked because it's like uh you're gonna stumble on one of these fucking dot puzzles in the middle of an environment versus like the wit uh mist is like no no you're going to stumble upon this huge building that you will have to rearrange the towers to unlock a bridge to get past and stuff yeah like that. mist mist is like th- there are certain things you don't even realize are puzzles at first like you start out next to this sunken ship that's just off of a dock and like, well, that's a puzzle because the puzzle is you have to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to raise this? And it turns out like, oh, there's like a fountain in front of this main build of the, this library building. Oh, and God, in, flashbacks. Oh, yeah. I God. need to like find this book that has these, uh, d- like it, it connects to this constellation and then these constellations tell me which designs to put in. It's, it's kind of crazy. And, uh, but once again, once you acclimate to what it wants you to do, 
it becomes actually pretty straightforward and simple. But okay. it, it's all about like you have to know where to look and how to find the very basic hints that even tell you what it is you're supposed to do. And once you've done that, it's like, okay, well, it's. But this one, because it is, it was built so long ago, it's, you know, games have gotten a lot bigger since Mm -hmm. then. And I would say if you Mm -hmm. want to experience, get the missed experience, but with kind of modern sensibilities, that uh, the spiritual successor that was done by one of the brothers, Rand Miller, Abduction, Mm -hmm. is that. Abduction is like if you were to build mist nowadays. Okay. Although I have a hot take. If you uh-huh. truly wanted to build mist nowadays, you would just make Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds is very mist yeah. in that it's all about discovery and shit that's been right in front of your eyes the whole time that you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Mist, like, it's, it's weird to consider that, like, this was sort of the Skyrim of its day. This was considered a huge, sprawling game by 1993 standards that, like, people would inhabit and really think about and... Uh, and now it, you go back to it and it's like, this feels like a little indie game uh, with a few interconnected worlds with puzzles. But and, and once you get, you know, you know, once you know what you're doing, it just takes a few hours to get through. It's not very long. Yeah. I think one of the reasons there, there's a thing in the games industry that they don't really do them as much anymore. But there used to be these things called OEM games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what OEM games are those? The games that like when you buy your Dell PC, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. we'll throw in this game for free or, or you pay us, you know cheap add-on price missed at the time remember it came out around the time like pc game or pcs were booming as a thing that more and more people had in their homes right i feel like it came free with every single pc sold it was just I like mean, oh you're gonna get a copy of Mist. that would have been a system seller at the time honestly uh, i yeah. mean Mist was like a huge mainstream thing it got referenced in dunesbury of all yeah. things like people who had who had no interest in video games had heard of Mist and wanted to play Mist. i mean Mist was like the Kind of like the crisis of its day. Like, it's like the benchmark. Like, if you want a good game, you want Mist, right? And it, it's just one of those things, like, I wasn't a PC gamer in the early 90s, so it's just something that I just missed. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but, like, I don't know, like, it was CD-ROM, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it came out, like, alongside your Encartas. It was the multimedia revolution, and, and Mist isn't, it's not actually like a thing that's challenging your system that much because it's not well in the in its earlier forms. It's just like JPEGs on a screen, right? Like yeah, it's very, yeah. it's, I mean, it's it, not it's not like pushing three D graphics it, or anything. It was built in HyperCard, and uh, the, even like the most recent remake has cleaned up a lot of stuff, but uh, hasn't really changed it a great deal. Like just just the basics. Like okay, for instance, again, here's that opening sound from the very first version of Mist. The moment I fell into the fissure, that the book would not be destroyed as I had planned. And here's the same sequence from the 2021 version. I realized the moment I fell into the fissure, that the book would not be destroyed as I had planned. It continued falling into that starry expanse of which I had only a fleeting glimpse. It's a bit cleaner. Um, uh, one big difference is that in the original, it's just like a movie file you're watching. In this one, it all unfolds in real time, and you actually have camera control in the cutscene as if you're standing there watching it. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was re- really neat because that's probably the sequence you, you've seen the most as mm-hmm. a misplayer. Yeah. And they one of the things that's rarely retained in these upgrades are voice acting. 
mm-hmm. and let alone capable of upgrades yeah. and cleaning up. Yeah. Well, they were so compressed on those originals. Yeah. Like it sounded like they were talking to you over an AM radio half tuned out of that station. It was yeah, like, that well, the first I mean, voice acting that, I heard in a game. That wasn't compression. That was deliberate. And that has been uh, unmercifully preserved through every version. Oh, no. All I ask of you, Lord. So long since my brother wrongfully imprisoned me within this book. Stupid schemes. Pretty speech. Yeah, that that is a design decision. <laughs> well, but even even that is a cleaned now. up. That's that's <laughs> a cleaned up version, up. isn't it? Because like I feel that, like that the is from the masterpiece, that, from the real yeah. Mist masterpiece edition. I'm about to say, it's like, it sounds like it should be like accompanying, accompanying like Ralph Batchy art. Like, that's that's what I think of when I hear that. Just, uh. The conceit there is that, so these two brothers are trapped in these books, and as you add, like, at first it's just static, and as you add colored pages to the books, then the image kind of slightly resolves a bit. The interference is lessened, but there's always like that static that they're trying to talk through and send messages Mm. through. Hmm. There, there is a kind of another modern spiritual successor that I, I've been wanting to play forever. Has anyone ever played the Talos Principle? No, I've heard good things about it. I've just never touched it. It's it's like, think, I think the Serious Sam folks, it is just literally like a mist. It's an environmental puzzle solver where you have to progress through a world and, and it doesn't tell you anything and it's just about like figuring out what you need to do. So yeah, there's, there's a few of these nowadays, but it's crazy because mist was so popular, you would think that there'd be way more of these but there never really was like it was it was always a very niche genre you know yeah. would you consider um gone home a mist like not like mm, not, not exactly puzzly. not puzzly yeah. but like kind of like like it's all about the environment right like to me like i know there's puzzles within the environment in mist to kind of solve hmm. but it's still like about it's about the atmosphere and the environment that's and that's true, what i yeah. that's yeah. what i think about when yeah, I'd say they're they're this. tangentially related genres. You could say that, yeah, like the kind of uh, walking sim, which I know I, I don't mean a derivative, but some people yeah. do. But that genre with yeah, like, like a lot of these mist like environmental puzzle games are kind of like you're just picking up a vibe in the environment, and yes, they, they're trying to tell story through environment. So yeah, I, I could see how you'd say they're they're related tangentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but we've probably spent too much time talking about mist. It's yeah, yes, it's, yes. Happened a lot. Um, happy nearly 30 years. Uh, One of the best selling games of all time. What are you going to do? Exactly. Re-release it again. Probably mm-hmm. soon. Who knows? Uh, let's I'll move along to, speaking of games that are getting re-released soon. Number three. What is this? Wow. What a mansion. Captain Wesker, where's Chris? Stop it. Don't open that door. But Chris is... <laughs> What is it? Maybe it's Chris. Now, Jill, can you go? I'm going with you. Chris is our old partner, you know. You know. Yes, Barry, we do know. We're on the same team, Barry. You don't have to say that. Gosh. This this would be, uh, of course, uh, the very famous game Biohazard. Biohazard, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Stop it. Biohazard. You're going to get sued by the thrash metal band. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil. These games, man. Um, 
And I think you you had particular particularly like Resident Evil Four is the one that's been re released. Well, but so but many also times. this is yeah. the original yeah. one. Is yeah, the original, but the original one. It's a it's a game franchise. Like I think the after the first year we get director's cut. That's that's yeah. I think the distinction. Yeah. So this had this had never really happened before on consoles on the same console. Yeah, that yeah. You get a re release almost. I think it's two years later, but and everyone was excited about it, so no one was pissed. But like you know. When you actually go through it, doesn't it really take stuff out of the director's cut? Well, so there was the director's cut. You're thinking of director's cut DualShock version, which added DualShock support, but I think like changed some of the music and took out some other stuff that, you know, people are saying generally say that's the inferior version. Mm -hmm. And then there was a canceled Game Boy Color port there. And and of course, there was the GameCube remake, which took the scene we just heard and turned it into this. What is this place? Not quite your ordinary house, that's for sure. Hey, Whisker, where's Chris? Jill, no. You don't want to go back out there. But we've got to find... What was that? Chris? No. Jill, go and investigate. I'm going with her. Chris and I go back a long way. Jill, go be a Jill sandwich. I mean, you can tell one was like, "Hey, who can who an office can act?" and the other one was like, "No, we got we got mm-hmm. voice actors." To I come mean, in. yeah. <laughs> but that GameCube version, that GameCube remake, like that is a really good version of Resident Evil to the that point was my where first playthrough of Resident Evil was on GameCube. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, to the point where like it's I would always like when people ask me like, "Oh, hey, you know, which like I had friends who had never touched the series like which one like would I go back and play the other ones like no. I think the tank controls like don't work really well and in this one you can actually use the triggers to kind of like take away from that tank controls like it made it more like it just made it more like feasible to move there's like some animation stuff that changes like when you open up the door like if you go to the door in the, in the playstation version like the dog like the dog comes at the door mm-hmm. but doesn't do anything but if you do it in the gamecube there's like nothing there and then you walk by and then it jumps through the window yeah and it's like this really great thing like it's a, such a really good remake. the gamecube yeah, yeah it, it remixed a few things to keep it fresh for players of the original like yeah, yeah it makes the the sharks with the aqua ring absolutely terrifying whereas you go back and you play that same sequence on ps1 and it's like these things look like muppets there's just like Muppets <laughs> coming at me in shallow water. This isn't ah, very scary. Chomp, chomp. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the GameCube remake was followed by Deadly Silence on DS. Get it? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Didn't you review that? <laughs> or or no. did you work on that? <laughs> I worked on I worked on the PC remaster of the GameCube game. Yeah. Ah, okay. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. was preceded by a Wii remaster of the GameCube game. That mm-hmm. added Wii controls. It was called Resident Evil Archives, Resident Evil. Then there was an HD Terrible. remaster of the GameCube version on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and the Switch version, finally. And remind me, Which though, is, the only way to see the glorious FMV is those original PlayStation It's games, the original right? PlayStation ones, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Where you have the stars, uh, Power Rangers lineup, where they're all... I love that, like, uh, I've told these stories for years, but now listeners know who Sam is. That was Sam and I's first fight watching the Resident Evil cutscene. I'm like, God, this is bad. He's like, 
Why do you have to shit on everything? <laughs> Fuck you. I'm calling my mom. That's like our first fight. Um, as young, young children. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Uh, meanwhile, we both love Resident Evil 8. But, uh, but yeah, and then um, the PC one, which I think is still uh, the definitive one, is really interesting. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they did it because. I guess they still had some of those 3D files lying around. Just to get those those aspects of the game in widescreen without remaking anything mm. uh, is really interesting. And it, uh, I, the only thing I find super weird about it, I think the versions of Resident Evil Two and Three, you guys tell me, are all really great, and you're glad they exist. Mm-hmm. You mean the, yeah. the, and the Resident Evil One like didn't get remakes. that. Yeah, Resident Evil One didn't get that because I guess it'd been released too recently. And now, like, it should probably get the same treatment as two and three. I, but I, four, four. I like Resident Evil One being its thing because Resident Evil One itself, it feels like a different thing from yeah. the other, other, yeah, it's other very franchise. It's you know, you're in a haunted mansion, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is it is an adventure game of exploring a mansion, mm-hmm. and I think it really works with even how those controls feel, even like how like cheesy it is. I think it fits for that. I think what made Resident Evil 2's remake so startling is Resident Evil 2 itself was like the first game that it was trying to break into this like kind of like an action horror mode and the remake just did the horror so well that I didn't even think it could it could even broach that right and it was just done tremendously three it's okay three is an okay game it's yeah. like it's it it's, leans it's, more into the action sure. yeah and and speaking of action I'm, I'm sort of folding four into this entry because four has been released re-released almost as much as the first resident evil it had it, it debuted on gamecube of course then got a ps2 port a wii port a pc port it was on uh, Zebo, which is a South America only console. Uh, <laughs> there's there's an Andro- there's a mobile version for Android version. and iOS. Uh, then it they got a, an HD version on PlayStation Three and 360, which then got uh, upresed even more for PS4 and Xbox One and PC. And there's a Switch version, and there is a VR version coming later this year for Oculus wow. Quest Two. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I will say. If you've never played, and this is the first time anyone's ever said it, uh, the Switch version for Resident Evil 4, you should. I thought it was very fun. I, I don't think – I think Resident Evil 1 for Switch is not great. But the for 4, I don't know what it is, but it it it's really good. And I think – and you guys probably know a little bit better than this. I think one of the reasons why it was also able to work – for like going into Switch and then going into PS2 and all the stuff, I think isn't the the GameCube supposed to be like kind of a little bit stronger than the PlayStation 2 was at yeah. the time? Yes. Yes. Yeah, a little so bit yeah, certain things. Yeah, so it, 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 it and it's I always attribute it to being my first over the shoulder experience, mm-hmm. and a sure. lot of people play up how scary the Resident Evil games were. I was not scared by early Resident Evil One and Two. I thought they were kind of slow and mm-hmm. clunky, and I, maybe if I had like a stereo system, I could turn them up really loud. But I'm a little—I'm a kid playing them in my fucking bedroom on a small TV. I could barely see shit. I, I just thought I would—I was more encumbered by like everything else about it than I couldn't really truly enjoy it. And then I get four, and four four is like this, haha, revelation, <laughs> um, and, a revelaton. 
There's oh, there's something with Capcom and fours, man. There's you know the Street Fighter four kind of reinvented the series, and then Resident Evil four reinvented the series. They love the four. Then you have Mega Man and Devil May Cry, and no one likes those. Yeah. Hey, but Mega Man X four reinvented kidding. the series. Um, yeah, X four is great, and four is great. I also wanted to play this sound, which I think I've heard about a billion times, but I never really noticed before today just how like understated and blasé Leon's delivery is here. Oh man, I really do hate all these villagers coming out. Has Leon Kennedy is the most all. bored character in the Resident <laughs> Evil franchise. Like every game he comes in, he's just like Shit, I guess I gotta deal with zombies again. Yeah. I guess so. Like, what a, what he's always asshole. so bored. <laughs> yeah, just totally uninterested in this. Oh man, oh no, you guys are so scary. Ah, terrifying. Can't believe that. I shot that guy's head and a parasite jumped out. That was fucking weird, man. I wonder oh, how no. it tastes. Oh no, I gotta fight all these zombies. Oh, what's up, Ava? What are you, what are you doing after this? You wanna go and, uh. <laughs> I, I did love that. No, hang on, guys. No, you're totally scary. Just hang on. Give me a second. So, Ada. Yeah. <laughs> I still, like, wanna compliment something weird about Res. I have a huge hankering right now to replay 8, and I'm really pissed I let someone borrow oh, it. Yeah. I may never see again. <laughs> And uh, but even eight is designed with a really old school PlayStation One philosophy of arcade replayability and letter grades and enhancements. It's not just New Game Plus. It's supposed to be this scary immersive thing. You're also like A plus on that, buddy. Well, that's yeah. it's every every Resident Evil game, especially the remakes. Yeah, once you're done with your first playthrough, like then it becomes just a challenge. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like, scary anymore. Yeah, it has it has far more incentive to keep playing it. In ways that most things in that genre don't really do. Silent Hill aside, also turning to Silent Hill two turning twenty yep. this week. But I think yep. oh, the, wow. I think the Resident Evil series has been doing that forever though, and I love it because it's yeah. like yeah, they put in things like was it tofu or things like you know the or, oh you can play honk, through as is yeah. the the guard the grunt and there's all there's all kinds of stuff where it's like because like Michael said they knew yeah once you play through it once you're done. So they're like, all right, well, we're going to give people challenges, see if they can beat it at a certain speed or whatever, and it'll unlock new stuff that they can then use to play through it again. And Village might be that in its, like, most realized form. Like, Michael and I were, like, going back and forth with Village challenges, like, oh, did you do the knife-only challenge? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? I can't remember the last time I finished a game five times. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? It's Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, it, like, if you're, like, hey, you're, <laughs> like, your first time riding, like, oh, this is, like, messed up and I'm I'm a little scared and then as you go through it's like alright well, how can I how can I run through this now uh, let me see if I can just take out these liquors here or you know some people are like I want to just go fast so I can get the rocket launcher and like now let me just blow everything up <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah I don't know like those games are I don't mind these games being remade because those games are just endlessly fun like you said I think the first time is when you kind of go in and you obsess with the stuff and the story and then after that it's just like all right, I'm ready for this roller coaster ride. Let me hop in and roll. Yeah, and I think both of these games, this is they're great examples of that thing I was talking about. Of like, you kind of got to play them like as a game historian, just to and play and play both to understand. Like, here's what Resident Evil did, and then here's how Four went and reinvented that entire brand for several releases, at least. Mm. You know, so yeah, they they are important milestone games as well. You know? Yeah, and they're they're hella fun. Yeah. But but if you want to talk about 
sheer volume of re-releases you have to talk about. Number two. Which was released over here as the number two of its series. That fucking bass line. God damn it, that bass line is just so, just so good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, it's Final Fantasy IV. Um, um, yeah, I think, so when you, we, when you originally reached out to the list, list to me, Michael, like, cause you, I think you originally had seven on the list. Well, I, we, I think I was that was one of them that I was considering, mm. and I'd previously said like four to Matt, but Matt, I think you were like, "Oh, the Pixel Remaster is really just a port, though, isn't it?" And it feels like it. I, I don't yeah. recall four getting a ton of versions, but there. I think when you you listed them out, it's like, "Oh, there were yeah. things yeah. I wasn't aware so of." I, like I looked maybe, it up. Or... So there was there was Final Fantasy four, mm. and then in Japan there was Final Fantasy four Easy Type, which I think boosted the power of the weapons and made things yeah. just a little bit easier. And Final Fantasy IV Easy Type became the basis that Final Fantasy II in the U.S. Uh-huh. was based on. So that's already uh, two re-releases after the original. Then there was the PlayStation port, which was part of... Uh, Final Fantasy Chronicles yes, with Chrono Trigger. That's mm-hmm. right. And there was a Wonderswan color version. There was yep. a Game Boy Advance port. And then a 3D remake on DS which has some frankly amazing lines. This is what we were sent to do? He wished this village torched. But why? Why? <laughs> Those are now that's the one isn't the 3D remake the one that people like covet they're like and and square piss people off cuz they had those and then they released this like on PC or something and it was using like the mobile yeah. version well, and and everyone's yeah. like, why don't you just do the, the DS version the, the, like the best? Yeah. Well, I think the the DS version, actually, there was a mobile version. And then I'm not sure if the mobile version or the DS version was the basis for the PC version. The mobile version. The mobile so the version. iOS, yeah, the iOS version, because that came out right when they were doing After Years, which is an iOS also re- mm-hmm. release. Now, did um, so did then, they do, like, I know they did, like, the... The, the pixel remaster that people didn't like for Final Fantasy VI mm. on mobile, where it's like all mm. the the, mon- they, the monsters looked like smudged. All the sprites yeah. were just kind of blurred. It's well, the same thing. Well, they, the pixel remaster is meant four? to okay. address yeah. that, though. Like, the pixel like, remaster was meant to correct the mistakes they made with their original PC yeah. versions, yeah. because those were the mobile versions, and, and people well, a lot of people complained about those. So. Well, so the thing was, the thing that people are actually more upset with and it's i think it's with all the snes remakes is that the gba versions like if you ask people who are very like granular about this stuff the gba versions are considered the best versions like the 3d version it looks really great there are some things that are kind of weird i think there's like some upgrades in the how the battle system works too um so people are like kind of iffy on it like the the, the definitive edition of Final Fantasy IV is the GBA version GBA. because okay. it it, mm. it does have the extra dungeon and it has the clean it has the cleanest version of the script and it looks gorgeous like the pixels on that look and it's sprites yeah it's it's yeah. pixel yeah. art it's not it's not three uh, there was also yeah. a remake on PSP as part of the complete collection with After Years where they completely redrew all the sprites and it looked amazing 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it played. And then, yeah, of course, there's the Pixel Remaster, which came out a few weeks ago on PC and uh, pulls off the impressive feat of making 16-bit sprites look like not shit on a 4K TV. So, yeah. good job. I was gonna, yeah, do they do that through filters, or is it just out of the box, like they've made yeah, it just look... out of the box? Yeah, and there, just out there, of the box. There is a filter that makes it, you know, gives it a quote-unquote blurry CRT look, but I can't even look at that. It's, okay. it's yeah. like, no, this is actually hurting my eyes. Look, we, 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 as, like, as old Pixel fans, like, we have to get over that. I don't know. I've had, so, I've been having Final Fantasy IV in my mind, because I'm working on a video that will plug mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, I'm working on stuff, uh, and I've been doing a lot of research about Final Fantasy IV. And it's just, to me, I love that this game keeps getting remade, because I, I, I had a conversation with somebody who is younger than I am, who is, you know, talking about how much they loved Final Fantasy X, and I told him, it's like, I, like, it, it's not like a, a hidden theory, but everyone's first Final Fantasy is like the best one. And Final Fantasy four, two in the States, like it just means so much to people because like there's just so many great things. The Spoonie Bard, you have the you have the whole thing about the hero who has to arise and grow himself. You have mm-hmm. like all these great things, all this great sacrifice that gets that gets washed away at the end, yeah. but Se- there's Cecil still great a, sacrifice. He's <laughs> a dark knight at the beginning and he doesn't realize he's a bad guy. Because he's a good person who's just being ordered to do bad things. Right. That was pretty. I played. I first played the DS version, but I was. I thought that was pretty striking. If you were playing the game when it came out in America at my age, mm-hmm. so that's pretty nuts. Yeah. What? What have I done? Yeah. It's. It's. Uh, I mean. I mean. That's that part where you're in. Uh, I think it's Mysteria. And you're you're there with Radius mom, like Radius family is literally a village of summoners. Everybody, hey, we love you guys. What are you guys doing here? Hey, here's a bomb. Bye, <laughs> and it just blows up the village. Like it's really fucked up. Uh, but it's it's such a really good game. It's very melodramatic. So like if you're younger going into it, you have to kind of like, hey, this is just like an early '90s high melodrama because exactly what it is. Yeah. But it's it, it's a very fun game. It doesn't take itself too seriously too. Well, it also like. If if you're an American fan, like going from the first Final Fantasy, which was more sort of like an Ultima style adventure, like here, make your party of four adventurers. They have no personalities or identities. They're just basically red, tools red that you're mage, using in combat. White mage. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and any any thing that you project onto them is just what you bring into the game. Whereas uh, Final Fantasy four slash two had actual defined characters and a story and it was sort of like a new way to play rpgs that um back when a lot of them weren't coming to the u.s it was was sort of novel so i think it it just sort of kicked off or helped foster a level of interest in jrpgs that then uh really kicked into high gear during the playstation years yeah yeah i don't know like i said um i I, I am one of the weird people where I'm like, just keep releasing these games. Everyone should play these, at least get their hands on. Like, I've been, like, I kind of wish Chrono Trigger was re-released as many times. I just started replaying that, um, recently, and I was just like, this game's just so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, and like, there's a lot of these games that, when I talk about, like, when I talk about stuff like game preservation, I don't want to live in a world where it is impossible to play Final Fantasy 4 because I do think that there's a lot you can learn from storytelling and and you know playing through that and like I just recently beat Dragon Quest 11 and I think there's a lot of roots of Dragon of Final Fantasy 4 in Dragon Quest 11 and I think like 
people will end up missing that, and I hope that never goes away. So if you, if you get a chance, pick up the Pixel Remasters. There are guides to fix the text. I get it. I don't like the text either, but you can fix it. Um, and you know, I I these these are the ones where I'm I'm always glad that they remake they remake these. Well, and you, Michael, you talk about like the, that first game you had to map, kind of, you had to bring your own fantasy to it. That's what's so interesting about this upcoming Stranger of Paradise game is it's allegedly based in the world of Final Fantasy One, so they are mm. now finally giving characterization to some of that stuff, which oh, is that's cool. Hey, remember that place that was sort of boring? <laughs> now yeah. it has a personality. N- now it's a Team Ninja game, so it's like a Souls like. Yeah. yeah, I just don't like that dude. That hot topic dude, just get him out of my game. <laughs> Whatever. Complaining about a hot topic dude in a Final Fantasy game. Come on, T.L. Look, until 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 Cloud in that gang, all my all my fantasy characters, I know what uh, the Amano art was, but it didn't look like that. <laughs> it looked like little sprite chibi characters. That's all right, let's move along to our final entry, which is something everyone can love. Um, this might be the most re-released game not called Pac-Man or Tetris. Um, yeah. This is the yeah. first one as a kid that I remember going, Jesus, there, there's another one of those coming yeah. out? Like, <laughs> This is the two. first one as a kid I've owned. I want to say I've owned four versions of this game. Oh, I've um, owned at least twice I'm, as many I've, of those. I don't even know how many versions of it I own. Um, this is Street Fighter uh, 2. I have, more version, I have more than four versions in the trash. <laughs> this, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is Street Fighter 2. Originally, the, the World Warrior was that mm. first release. But this is a game I was like, so I was telling Michael, like, before the term cash grab was a thing, as a kid, I instinctively knew, man, another Street Fighter 2. Boy, what a cash grab. Like, it's just like literally you could be like, what, why are they I, I why to, are doing this I, again? I'm, on the other side of things, we never felt like that. No. Once we played no, the, no. the championship edition of uh, the Genesis version of Street Fighter 2, like, holy shit, this is fast. This is so much more fun when it's fast. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like, we can now play as the boss characters? Holy f- Like, yeah. So, I, I think... Um, not not that it's all excusable, but imagine putting in context your favorite game. I'm just playing through Psychonauts. If I could all of a sudden play as all members of that band... Um, <laughs> but but I think, you know, the, the novelty kind of wore off after a while. So, like, Street Fighter Two, amazing. Championship Edition, so much better. You can play as the bosses. Turbo, oh my god, it's so much better when it's fast, like you said. Then Super, it's like... Okay, four new characters. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. cool. Uh, I don't I know. If I, I don't know. So super. I I and then super on... turbo. It's just like, come on, guys. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I have super the tournament battle. There's super was so great. So I remember running super from Blockbuster, and then seeing that mode seven Ryu he's bouncing and the lightning's going off. I went and got a VHS, a blank VHS, and recorded it. <laughs> Because I lost my mind. I was like, what are games like? To be fair, uh, Street Fighter 2, for the longest time, was my favorite video game ever. Like, it was just like, this is just what video games are. Well, well, by Um, the way, we're talking about just console right now. The other thing we have to remember, all of these came to arcades as well. And that's what blows my mind. And I think one of the first Padukans was about Street Fighter 2. And they talk about, 
it was like the most popular arcade machine ever. So right. of course, arcade operators were like, acceptable. Give us another one of these. And Capcom was like, uh, what can we do to change it? Oh, okay, here, here's this version where we sped it up. These were all things like pirates used to have to do to popular and, arcade. And there games, were bootlegs. Speed them up and, there was like Rainbow yeah. version. There were versions that like oh, Rainbow, you know, exploited bugs. Dash. Like you know, Guile supposedly had that handcuffs move. There was like somebody gave Blanca Dragon Punch. Um, right. Yeah. Oh wait, can I can I just say uh. R.I.P. Mick McGinty, the artist for all the oh, yeah. most of the yeah, Super yeah, Nintendo box art, he died last week, and yeah, some of the most iconic video game art I've ever seen. It's so, it's a bummer, good place yeah. but I I I and by the way, you can see all that art, and I think one of the games that made me think of this as an entry is I just recently picked up that Street Fighter 30th Anniversary collection on sale, yeah. and when you look at all the games, just that collection includes it can include six versions of Street Fighter Two. As well as three versions of Alpha, three versions of three, and then the original Street Fighter. And it's like, so they all did this. Like, Alpha did it, three did it, four did it, but none of them did it as much as Street Fighter 2 with yeah. the. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the point but where it, it, there was a controversy where EGM, I think, got blacklisted by Capcom or they had some sort of falling out because they scored Super Street Fighter 2 like the equivalent of a 7 out of 10. I think 28 out of 40. Yeah. And uh, their rationale was. This is the best version of this, but it's the best version of a game we've already paid full price for at least two other times. Over a hundred dollars, even back then. I remember Street Fighter occasionally being more than fifty bucks. But and I, I I think also it's just a limit of the of the of the of the hardware at the time because like. Right now, the reason, like, there are different versions of Street Fighter Five, but they're not really. They're just Street Fighter Five. but because we can do online patches and everything like that. Like, there are patches, and, like, there are, because, like, if you go and play, like, tournament match or, like, money matches, like, if you play Street Fighter Two, there are specific characters that people will play because how they play and how the updates in their version. tune. Yeah, out. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I'm always, I get it. This is not me defending Street Fighter 2. It's obviously gross, but at the same time, <laughs> it makes sense because just like it's, each it's one of those characters gross. are different. Yeah. Here's the but thing. remember, it, it's the last. It's the last time I think a game is being developed with arcade as the lead platform, mm. which means everything else had to follow suit. And Nintendo had some pretty awful pricing structures. You need to order a certain amount of these carts at these prices, mm. and that's how much these carts go for. It, nobody, nobody was selling cheaper Super Nintendo games. Yeah. The thing New. is, we haven't even gotten into the bulk of the re-releases yet. I know, but yeah. the worst of it is, I think, is Super in the 16-bit era. Yeah. Everything else, like I get it, Sega CD gets a version of this, but but I, I wasn't even. I, I want to highlight, like I think part of the resurrection of Street Fighter is Street Fighter Two for Xbox. Oh, the Xbox then, Live, yeah, Xbox Live, yeah, yeah, yeah between the Xbox oh, Live we'll, one, we'll get into that most. Uh, Mostly, Street Fighter Two was released as a comp- compilation in, with a bunch of other games. Um, but uh, you, you take it however you yeah, want. To, so I, I just wanted to, to before we move on totally from the 16-bit era, I, I want to say it was always weird to me that the Sega Champion Edition was so highly regarded. I played it a couple times. I thought the sprites didn't look as good as uh, Turbo for Super Nintendo. And it sounded like everybody showed up to the recording booth with a bad case of bronchitis. Uh, well, did, I did mean, they add? Did, could you play as like Bison and Sagat? You, in this could, one? Yes. you could. 
but also so that was that was iterative, but the, the fast shit it was just iteratively it was the best version available on home consoles. Also, it had the best controller because it was a six button layout. And remember, like playing Street That's Fighter on a the on a yeah on a, on a on a Super Nintendo controller did not feel great because you need to have that. Three, your three punches and your three kicks. Mm-hmm. And that's what it had. Which to this day, they still map it that way. It's still your high kick and your high puncher on the shoulder buttons, and it's, it's still so still hard I to do. Unless you buy a fight pad, just buy a which, fight pad. Is, I, I which is a fucking Saturn controller. The middle uh, attacks to the shoulder buttons, and then it was just like strong weak on on the face buttons. Mm. So I think we just, know what kind of just ma- spam uh, fierce attacks constantly. And but see, and that's when you get caught in a trap. If you yeah. if you spam fierce attacks, you leave yourself open with a higher rate of getting uh, like getting a lot, payback a lot more recovery so frames for those fierces, Michael. You got to be careful. You, you with can't do it. But also, a lot of people don't realize this is technically a remake. Round one, fight. <laughs> I know you guys probably can't recognize the voice of Jean-Claude Van Damme. In that, Is that the movie game? That's so, fucking Street Fighter 2, the movie, the game. The movie, oh. the game, uh, in arcades <laughs> was a completely different, terrible game. The home console version added more characters. I think it, it, it didn't have T-Hawk, Phalong, or Dalzim, and it added Captain Sawada, everyone's favorite character... <laughs> as, wait, as wait, one of the... it got rid of three people of color to get us Captain Zawada? Come on, man. We, we, yeah, we lost get all the diversity. Sawada. Captain Sawada, games. named for his actor, Kenya Sawada. And I'm sure there, there's something where he's like tied to Capcom or something there. But yeah. um, that was a weird... And one of his... Uh, his attacks was just to commit seppuku and hit people with like the spout what? of blood that came out. <laughs> it was yeah. terrible. Um, it also added um, uh, uh, Akuma... Who yes. is played by Ernie Reyes Senior, who That's is true. the uh, fight fight choreographer for yeah. the Street Fighter yeah. movie, and unfortunately, uh, and Surf Ninjas, yeah. And Raul Julia was too sick to uh, do his mocap at that point, so he yeah. had to be uh, done by a stunt double. But um, the home version of Street Fighter the movie, other than those character substitutions, is just basically a slightly jankier version of Street Fighter Two Turbo. It plays okay. exactly the same, but it looks and sounds a bit worse. Even so it's, it's the best. It's, it's the best version of Street Fighter the movie, the game. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I, then do you that, think someone thought like that was their way of doing the Mortal Kombat digitized characters thing? Like, mm-hmm. well, we'll do this movie yes, offshoot. That's, exactly, that's and, exactly what it was. Yeah, it pulled 100%. off in less time. I've heard from people who have worked near the game. This is this was kind of a phenomenal accomplishment, even though it's easy to laugh at. Uh, but it's not a bad fighting game, and. Uh, the, this is according to people I used to work with. Like, um, we're not really responsible for this, but like, they they pulled off a lot with very little time and resources. And they got the actors from the movie for the most part. That's yeah. a pretty phenomenal accomplishment. Like, can you imagine how much you'd have to pay them to do that even today? Uh, like, I can. I've seen how much Jean Claude Van Damme wants to re- appear at a Street Fighter reunion, and that's why it'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this quote. Mm. That was followed by, years later, Street Fighter II Turbo Revival on Game Boy Advance. Finally, the hardware mm-hmm. had caught up with what they could do in arcades at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was Hyper Street Fighter II on PS2. <laughs> Super Street Fighter II Turbo HD Remix on PS3 360. And that's what you were saying but, was such a big deal no, on no, Xbox I, I, before, before that, the Xbox Live online-enabled version of Street Fighter, yeah, I think, regular Street Fighter literally yeah. ushered in ushered in this into a new generation and made it viable 
again, Street Fighter 4 obviously helped with that, but this is what paved the way to make 4. This was one of the, it was a launchy Xbox Live game where you could play Street Fighter 2 online stably, and I'm using air quotes there. And then the Street Fighter 2. Um, Street Fighter 2 HD, 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 HD uh, Super Street Fighter 2 HD. fucking beautiful. Yeah. It yeah, is, that, it is, that's the Udon art, right? Yeah, yeah, and that, uh, yeah. that's the one where like it got delayed a couple times because they were the, the the artists were comic artists, and they didn't realize like oh, doing animation actually takes a lot longer than doing there's, comics. There's a lot of frames in every one of these movements in a Street Fighter game, and I think people underestimated. I've heard people underestimated how long that was going to take to put together, and like the, you can't have these artists make this many frames. They're not making them in pixels. They're making them with pictures. Yeah. But it's it. If they remastered the sounds as well, and it sounds kind of amazing, I except that, it. you know, maybe the, the music remixes weren't as great. Dude, Clamato Fever Forever. That's that. The <laughs> new theme is great. Yeah, here we go. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Like I, I don't know how much I like that version of Guile's theme. It's a little. I don't know. That's a, that's. Dude. I think this, those are all OC remix versions, uh, yeah, right? They are. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. Take us out with uh, Clamato Fever. Yeah. I dare you. <laughs> yeah, because beautiful version of the theme. That song. was like one it's of the great. things. Like this, it seemed like this was. Like I hate the phrase. Like if you let fans do it, but like this was like the ultimate fan dream. You had this Udon art, with OC remix music, and these mm. beautiful backgrounds, and it was online. Like. Yeah, I, right. It was one of I think this was like one of the first like Xbox Live games. I was like I I have to own this. Yeah. I I have to. Own I remember this. I, I like remember like as someone who had been too. listening to OC Remix for years, like realizing like oh wait a game company acknowledged them because they always felt yeah. like kind of like hey are they is this even legal for these people We're to operating do operating under the wire here? Nobody tell us they exist. Nobody tell anybody we exist. Yep. Or DJ Pretzel will go to jail. <laughs> the cavalcade <laughs> was capped off with Ultra Street Fighter Two: The Final Challengers. On Nintendo Switch, which is is neat in that it lets you pick between, like, uh, do you want to play with the original sprites? Do you want to play with the Udon art? Do you want to play with the original sounds, with the new sounds? And then it has that weird first-person uh, thing oh, where you're wow. <laughs> shooting fireballs, which is supposed to suck. I get it. I get it. It was a really interesting idea, but, man, that... Fail in execution. It's the big Bart Simpson. At least you tried. Like, didn't the uh, <laughs> Street Fighter Four 3DS have a similar first-person mode that you got to play? No, oh, no. The big thing with Street Fighter Four 3DS was the one-button mode that people didn't like because all in your 3DS on the 3DS screen, all your special moves were tied to it, so you could just touch it. Yeah, and that was didn't, what was didn't like that. Whack about it. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I could have sworn I think the Street Fighter Four 3D Edition has a first person something in there. It's... It might. I think there might be a level where you're doing it. It may. I don't remember that though. Yeah. Street Fighter has like Capcom fighting games have for a long time wrestled with that whole easy operation thing that I think they introduced like in the PlayStation Two era, where it's just like yeah, map all your special moves to like an analog stick direction. And... Well, yeah, only one game did it right, and that's Capcom versus SNK Two. EO for the Xbox. Only one that did it right, and it's very fun. Hmm. But everything else, like, it's just not... It's not fun. It's not fun to do. Like, just even to mess around with, and that's kind of the thing, like, just don't. Yeah, just don't. Just put just in don't. put in the directions. That's part of the fun. Well, that's anyway. part of the skill, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, if you can just shortcut that that skill, like uh, the Zangief, you know, spinning pile driver, 
that takes skill to pull one of those off. Like that is a hard move to execute. All right. Well, I think that does it for our top five. These games have been uh, re-released into Infinity, um, and uh, they've we've we've had a lot to I'll say. Put, about I'll them. put Street Fighters re, re, re-releases up against Skyrim's any day. Well, that's why Skyrim's so number five, and this is number Fuck one. You Skyrim. <laughs> hey, it's very appropriate that we talked about these games that nobody ever talks about because they haven't gotten hundreds of re-releases for as yeah. long as we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they Re-release it. Mother 3, damn it. Or just release <laughs> it. Release it over here. Don't, if, if you have to delay a Metroid game to release Mother 3, yes. cancel Mother, Mother 3. No, oh, fuck that. <laughs> Metroid Mother 3. Eating. Fuck this. Put it in the public domain. Oh. Uh, there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll take that as well. Well, on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a bunch of new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Get scratching. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse and 302010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. And then my absolute favorite thing I'd never heard of until Michael put it in this doc. The Flintstones colon Burger Time and Bedrock. I wanted to find more trademark screens, but this is very much the arcade classic Burger Time. Yep. Done with me, ya pal Fred. And he beats up, he beats up like the Great Gazoo as if he's an enemy. But it is like a, a much slower Burger Time with a story. You know what they don't have? What they didn't shell out for? The Flintstones theme. But the Flintstones theme they came up with for Flintstones Burger Time in Bedrock is one of the most sublime and melancholy things I've ever heard. Is there, yeah, this man. is a, this is sadder. Like <laughs> like if Wilma leaves Fred, this is what this is what he's driving through with him in the middle of the movie. He's driving through the rain. Flintstones meet the Flintstones. <laughs> that is like. Am I really not attentive enough for Wilma? I'm too old to move on. <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? And welcome back to our final segment, by which I mean the midpoint of the show, where we're just going to dive straight into that segment known as... (laughs) 
Lost Judgment came out for PS5 and PS4 and uh, is... Like, I've I played a few hours of it and I think it's it's the same areas as uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's Kamurocho and Yokohama. Yep. And I immediately, like, I, I'll be honest, I spent most of my playtime last night just kind of walking around in first-person mode, taking in the sights, because it is a very good game for virtual tourism. Play, play an outrun. That's how they um, always yeah. have been. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're great virtual tourism. And games. and uh, just, like, seeing the, the same areas that I remember from, like, a dragon in first-person, and, and except now I can get into real-time fights with them. And, uh, yes. Yeah, playing as... Uh, Ta- Yagami. Yeah, Takayagami. What's this called? Takuya, I think? Ta- Takayuki is Takayuki, his first name, yeah, yeah. but everyone just calls him Yagami, except Kaito calls him Tak. So. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think they've announced that like the rest of the, the mainline Yakuza games are going to be turn-based RPGs from now on. and That that, that was before this situation with the actor who plays Yagami. That might change now. Mm. So, But the judgment is going to be where the action resides. Why the, in theory, yeah, it was the original plan, and then now that the, his talent agency might not let him do more of these games oh. if they're going to put him on PC because it's that's how that works. Um, people are talking about like, all right, well, where would you go? Would you go to Kaito as the hero? And actually, Kaito stars in the DLC coming next year for this game, which I get because I I bought I never do this. I bought the most expensive version of this game. I bought the ninety dollar wow. super version of the game that has. Like, there's some, like, DLC that, Michael, you were asking. You're like, man, how do I unlock more Master System games? And I'm like, oh, I have that. You just have to buy the DLC up front. Yeah. Well, that's, that's some of them. And I, I got, like, the d- digital deluxe edition. Maybe that has some. I haven't Please tell it. me about unlocking the Master System games. So so this game has not only... Uh, so every Yakuza game has, like, arcades. You can go to Club Sega, and they have, like, a few actual arcade games that you can play. This one has Sonic the Fighters, Fighting Vipers... Oh, yeah, which the last one had Fantasy Zone. Um, yeah, which the last one had. Yeah. Did, did the last one have Sonic? Uh, Sonic the Fighters? No, Sonic the Fighters is the new one okay. this year. This one, this one has a Virtua Fighter Five, uh, which that was did, the remember they also did that recent yeah. port of it. But that's I just I don't have anything to add about the games themselves. But in terms of being able to walk in a Japanese arcade and play this stuff, that is one of the things that is like now a fantasy. Uh, multiple arcades in yeah. Japan. Have Japan been closed a lot of those Sega centers. That's true, yeah. and mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I just do the thing like the last few Yakuza games that I've played. Like, walk into the arcade immediately, just start playing the stupid crane games. Like, I don't even know oh, what yeah. these things are, but I'm Outrun, winning them. Baby. I do that too. You get a pixel version of the little mascot guy from Yakuza Six. You got to mm-hmm. get that. Yeah. Onomichi. Sorry, the Master System thing that Chris was oh, yes. asking about uh, uh-huh, replaces. Baby. The, the the stupid pinball table in their office from the first game has yeah. been replaced by a, an old CRT TV with a master system, and you start out with just fucking Alex Kidd in Miracle World, <laughs> and or, you can unlock more. Somehow. And you get more. Mm. Which, if you did get that deluxe, Michael, go check the item box in front of your office. They might mm-hmm. be waiting in there for you. No, but Somebody um, dropped off Rocky for master system? <laughs> But it's, but it's actually like, like a really good emulator. Like it, it has an option where you can turn off like the wallpaper around the TV in the game, Dude, and it just what has a black fucking background. console. Have the Master System games been available on? They ah, don't, they, I don't even know. They, they've done a collection of Master it, System, and it games. also offers the international version of Master System and the Japanese version of stuff. Like you can change that on the fly, which is pretty cool. Okay. So but the the, 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 the judgment game. part, yeah. The, yeah, judgment part of the game itself. Um, so Michael and I were talking earlier today. Like it starts off with 
basically like the tutorial is taking you through and showing you how it's updated all of the systems from Judgment. So it starts with the good old classic Judgment tailing mission. Yay! Which, to, to be fair to them, they have updated a little bit. So in the original game, when you're tailing people, if they start to catch on to you, like that reset meter goes slowly goes down over time like in this new one at least in that tutorial mission it just stays where it is it's like hey you've 30 percent alerted this guy don't keep getting seen they did add a system like the original one you had to go to certain corners and hide behind them like for those moments where they turn around this one gives you this option it's on a cooldown if you hold the triangle button you'll like blend in with the environment you'll like fiddle with your phone or something Mm -hmm. like that so you don't have to be near one of those like hot zones it makes it a little easier but it's okay it's the best implementation of a tailing system in a game but of one of the worst systems in any modern games and i hate tailing systems and really wish they would lose it but it it fits in the fiction i get it he's he's a private eye he does tail people you know it's i'm i'm not sure that private eyes can actually like handcuff people and detain them and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> That's yeah, bounty hunter territory. He yeah. does enjoy beating the shit out of them. Uh, yeah, and also the the fighting system has some enhancements this time around. So you start off with the two styles from the original game. This one adds a snake style, and then if you get that extra version that I get, they'll add boxing later on, mm. um, which you can switch on the fly during fights, and then they reward you differently for the fight. So you get those experience points that you would get from fighting everyone, like most Yakuza games had and Judgment... They now incentivize you to do different stuff in the fights. It kind of grades you saying, oh, you accomplished all this, and here you'll get more of these upgrade points for doing different stuff during the fight. Mm, So that's kind of cool. It encourages you to try different stuff while you're fighting and not just spam the same attacks over and over. I was a little frustrated at the beginning just because I feel like it gets off to a slow start. Like after that Mm -hmm. tailing mission, you then get a thing where I'm like, oh, maybe you can find a different way into this building other than... You know, the the front door, so you go into this alley, and it's like, go into investigation mode and find climbing points. It's like, oh, well, I guess I could use that ledge up there, and this over here, and yes, I can climb on this platform that's sitting in front of a literal plank with an arrow on it pointing to the thing. Yeah, and and, and, it, it's like, and it makes you walk into an alley to yeah, notice wh- one of the things. Why, why do I have to identify all this stuff in first person? I've played Assassin's Creed. Why can't it just trust me to climb? Well, it's not about climbing. That is their <laughs> tutorial for the investigation system. Mark, which, mark which it down. Micropar is on record. Accuse a game with a slow start. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's it really is meant to show you. So, the investigation system was a thing during cases in the last game, where yes, you would look around environments and try to notice clues. It's not even, to be honest, as well implemented as like La Noir. Like, it's very light with clues. It's like, move your cursor around until your controller shakes and hit the X button. That's it, right? But they have upgraded it a little. There's, like, a thinking system, which I think is if you're stuck and need a hint, you hold it, and he'll, like, say some stuff out loud to try to point you in the right direction. Um, The other systems that changed, uh, the, the upgrade system, they've expanded a lot. So now... You can buy upgrades. It used to just be like, here's your combat upgrades. Here's your kind of general health and other stuff. And then here's these like uh, extra stuff in the world. And now in addition to that, they have separate skill trees for each fighting style. So there's a lot more options you can choose with your upgrades, which is kind of cool. But um, it's that game. Uh, one of the things I will say is if you're playing like on the PS5, um, which I think it's only on PS5, right? Yeah, it's, I think so. Or, or maybe 4. But, um, oh, yeah, PS5 and 4. There, there is a thing where you can... If you've been playing the PS4 version, you can transfer your save. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, 
there's there's two graphic modes and i will be honest with you the one that is marked resolution mode mm-hmm. i put on and it just looked worse than the standard mode and ran at a worse frame rate like i mm. i would in theory i'm like oh they probably are making it true 4k like steady 4k and there's probably some better reflections and lighting because that's typically what comes with those modes it didn't look like that and boy this game looks fucking awesome in 60 frames per second so mm. keep it in that standard mode if you prioritize frames like i do because it's uh it's a great way to play this game. Like the, the combat and stuff, just everything looks so crisp and, and great. Um, if you think about it, it's the first time one of their games has been really developed with that PS5 in mind. And so it's just a, I mean, the Judgment 1 looked good, but this is just a really higher res, better frame rate version of that. I didn't play that Judgment remake just for PS5, but I would imagine they're probably comparable. They're all running on the same engine. I didn't, I didn't either because I didn't want to pay full price for it, and I don't think there was an upgrade option for that one. There was not. It was it's forty standalone, and I've seen mm-hmm. I've seen it on sale for thirty a few times. But I, but it actually so like one of the things about the Judgment games, and the, and the reason I recommend them to people, even if you've never played a Yakuza game, and actually this one. You don't need to play Judgment 1. Like, they actually do a pretty good job of, I'm yelling at me. This is my detective agency. Like, he, mm-hmm. he explains everything yeah. going on. And it's not like it's going to spoil all the events of the previous one. But like, the events are what I was going is, like, these games actually are really well written. Mm-hmm. Like, Judgment 1, the plot went some places. Like, it had to do with, like, an experimental Alzheimer's drug. It's crazy, right? Um, this one, similar deal. There's, like, kind of, like, a bunch of smaller plot things that are leading up to this larger plot. I will give a content warning to our audience, though. Like, it deals with some some crazy, some heavy stuff. Yeah, there, there's a a nasty maggoty corpse like right at the beginning that you get to look at in close up. Oh yeah, but it deals with sexual assault. It deals with their suicide stuff in this game. So content warning there. Um, and I've seen you know some of the reviews I read online. They're like, well, it doesn't doesn't really deal with those things in a respectful way. And I'm like, that's kind of every Yakuza game. They're all like that. Like you just kind of gotta. You know, that's mm-hmm. something you have to keep in mind. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm hooked. I I'm definitely want to see where it's going already. I'd say um, seems just as good as the original Judgment. So uh, if you're into that sort of thing, man, it's great to have another one of these games. So. Yeah. It's you fun. Don't, you don't have it. What, what about splitting? Uh, I, I know we've talked about this before, but splitting the, the turn-based into the more action-oriented game. Yeah, I mean. I think I like the real time. Uh, I, li- I like the beat em up arcadey feel of that combat. And I know that a lot of like RPG fans love what they did with Like a Dragon, making it turn based. But like, I thought it was interesting. I, yeah. I liked it a lot. It felt felt a little kotori to me. And then it's just like, yeah, it's it's turn based, but it doesn't necessarily feel that way all the time. But, but I, I've never felt like anything like that since the great Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi. No, you both can't have active time battles. Only one of you can. And then Paper Mario lost everything I liked about it. And I never liked those games again. <laughs> it would be a shame. Like, yeah, I. it's weird to just keep the action combat underneath the Judgment brand versus the Yakuza brand. But I kind of feel like fans of these games know that it's the same studio, so they're playing them. I, I do really enjoy the combat, though. I was telling you guys earlier, it's like, uh, like the first fight you get into, it's just like, don't worry, you can run away from fights. But like, yeah, and you're like, why? why like, ever? why? I, I kick everyone's ass in like five seconds. I feel way overpowered. And like, just I have a, a clip that I took of just me like 
getting a gangster down on the floor and then just repeatedly kicking his body around yes. the room like a soccer ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and where else am I going to be able to kick somebody in the face and they give like an uh, Olympic high dive performance? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Where they spin around like 18 times. Yeah. So, Michael, the, the combat in these is even better than Yakuza games because Yagami can do shit that you could never do in the original games. He has wall attacks. Like, you, I mm-hmm. recommend unlock those right away because they're actually pretty cheap to unlock. But yeah. it's like that is that was their new move in that last game. And that's some of the most fun stuff you can do is just, you know, run up a wall, jump off, kick three dudes, oh, down okay. one. So not like environmental-based shit. You can like, also um, do that. You can throw people mm-hmm. through windows and shit. Um, But, uh, yeah, there's also a new thing. It might be exclusive to the snake style, I forget, but, uh, like, sometimes enemies will get scared in the middle of battle, and then you can run up and do a finisher that's just, like, you're you're pretending to hit them, and then you just, like, you know, whiff it, and then just, like, pat them on the the cheek, and they faint. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, the the scared thing was from previous Pull a full-on Mr. Miyagi in a game that's not about China. (laughs) Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, but you know, I'm really liking what I'm playing so far, and it's yeah, it's, it's a judgment game, man. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so Deltarune Chapter Two, uh, we haven't played, unfortunately. I I meant to, there wasn't enough time because I was too obsessed with Deathloop, which yeah, I just finished, and I'm I'm uh, very happy with. It. I thought the endings were a little disappointing, but the meat of the game is amazing, so I'm not complaining. Would you call it the best PS5 game so far? I don't know about best, but it's definitely in my running for game it's of the there. year right now. What's the best PS5 game so far, then? Astro Astro's Playroom? Mm, well, I mean, PS5 exclusive? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is the best exclusive. Huh. Bug Snacks? Are you going to do Bug Snacks on this? Can I, can I say that? I, I got so incensed at a local Facebook group. <laughs> Somebody's like, Here's my Xbox Series S, and I'm selling it for $400. And I just, like, threw my hands on the table. I'm like, fuck you, bitch. That's the only fucking console available right now. Yeah. And you're going to up try and upcharge people? He's like, show me where you can find this. I'm like, it's at Costco. It's and on I, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon. What are you talking about? You can't upcharge people on this. Like, and like show me where. And I'm like, here. I was just in Costco, and I, I just think this is really funny. I linked to an article written by Alina Yee. <laughs> about like this is the price for them at console uh, on consoles with Alina who's been on the show before mm-hmm. and he's like I don't believe that shit and like oh my god why am I so invested so I to this group with hundreds of people in it I went to Costco took a picture of the price two eighty nine ninety nine for an Xbox Series S and then I flipped off the middle <laughs> to, to, and, and, and immediately said, like, what is wrong with me? Why do I care so much about being right on the Internet? It's been a long time. It's, it's wow. been a really long time. But but uh, but whatever that situation was, I won. Sure. So, yes. so, there, so there. Not a lot of wins in my life yeah, right now. <laughs> well, it's like you should have just said, like, yeah, good luck with that, pal. I think they can get it. I think for people who just order stuff digitally, it is hard still to find those Series S's. So. Again, but, I've seen them no, in stock not. at Amazon. No, they're not. They're readily available yeah. in my town at Targets and Walmarts. You can see them on shelves just sitting there. The, the X um, and the PS5 are still impossible to get, but S is... Yeah, but, which I don't want to shit on. It's just like, why would I pay hundreds of dollars for like the thing that doesn't do as much hmm. and has less hard drive space? Like, nah, nah. So... The reason Sorry. I didn't play Deltarune Chapter 2 is oh. I downloaded it, installed it. It's that I kind of 
forgot Deltarune Chapter 1 because it's been so long, and I was like... Ah, the Telltale Dilemma. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's the thing. I remember Undertale. I totally remember Undertale. I'm like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. Undertale was great. But then I'm like, what happened in Deltarune 1? And and actually, I think Toby Fox is sort of aware of this problem, too, is like, he already announced the next three episodes, three, four, and five, they're just all coming out at the same time. He basically says it's not fair to the creators, it's not fair to the fans to make them wait. And I think that's when he's going to actually charge for Deltarune because he, he gave this chapter two away for free again, saying, hey, stuff's really shitty right now. So it'll pop, you know, when the whole thing's available, it'll be like, here's the entire game of Deltarune. But it is so weird to be like, yeah, I, I know I played that thing right when it came out, Deltarune chapter one. I can't remember anything. Yeah, yeah. It. And, it's just so weird to, to release it episodically for reasons that are not financial. It's like the momentum of Undertale could have been continued had a complete experience been released or the the idea of not compensating himself for any of this. Like it's valiant, but like, fuck. What? Well, I think he might, you know, it, it. you could maybe look at it as like, this is a uh, like a, a test marketing thing. Like, let's put this out for Maybe. free, see how people react. Maybe that'll inform the direction of the next couple chapters. Maybe, and I'm sure it's tied into Undertale somehow. Mm. I mean, it has characters that are from both games, but they mm-hmm. it's like they're in different universes. Yeah, it's like a different universe where they're the same characters, but in a different role, like they develop differently. I, I do remember some things about it. Like, if I begin from the starting point of design a machine to kick your ass... Um, then I like, remember you, you can, uh, create a giant robot and you can create like a, a giant cute duck robot that sucks. <laughs> if it's not a, if it's not a skeleton farting, I will never remember it. Yeah. There's something about like, there, there's God. that character Ralse, who's like a shadow version of, uh, Azrael from, from Undertale. And then there's like that bully girl from your school that becomes a bad guy for a while. And then you end up Ooh. joining up after a while and it's, uh, mm. More, more stuff about empathy and things like that. I, I, it's coming back to me now, but I got to go read a wiki before yeah, I play chapter yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, don't wait multiple multiple months. Okay, I can deal with multiple yeah. years between releases. I, like I feel on. bad that we're fumbling this so hard. So we'll is it multiple it multiple years? Is it multiple years since Deltarune one? Yeah, Deltarune yeah. one was like twenty nineteen, maybe twenty eighteen. Oh, was... sorry, the the pandemic is like both. Stopped and sped up time. I, I just yeah. The, it, the last eighteen months have been roughly twenty years long. So, <laughs> hey, Michael, did you play that Kena Bridge of Spirits? Game? I did. I played Kena Bridge of Spirits, and uh, it's you know, it feels like I was trying to put a fine point on like what does this feel like? It's like this sort of feels like if Zelda were done by the Knack developers. It looks like Cameo to me. Mm. Like I get strong Cameo vibes yeah. from this game. But it, but it has a, a very word cute... up. Oh, sorry, not that Cameo. No, uh, it has a very uh, cute cartoonish <laughs> style. It's uh, not not quite platformy, but like uh, you know, definitely fighty. The the combat feels a little Dark Soulsy with the attacks mapped to R one and R two. What? Um, and uh, you are you're playing as Kenna is a spirit guide, who her job is to guide spirits to the next life and. Uh, so to, to do this, she has the help of these little forest sprites called rots that, um, they look like something out of an old, uh, you remember those serendipity children's books? There's one I'm thinking about with these things that look like little figs with faces, but, um, they look kind of like those. Not like the cinder from Studio Ghibli movies, Miyazaki movies. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but they, they follow you around, you collect a bunch of them. And as you fight, 
uh, you can collect these these little glowing orbs that give them courage. And when you give them courage, you can use them to attack your enemies. They'll like swarm them and, and immobilize them, and then you can just get in a bunch of cheap hits. They are also used for destroying the flower bulbs that spawn the enemies. So um, you you're you're going th- like the the point I'm at. I'm just kind of going through this forest, and like there's a bunch of toxic overgrowth, and so I'm destroying the cores of this to clear it and i'm on the trail of this guy who seems to be a spirit who refuses to move on and has some sort of axe to grind with spirit guides and like you don't know the power that this place uh you you can wield it but you do not understand and uh i love it when your inner spaniard comes mm -hmm. out yes yes totally Yes. You kill my father. Yes. yes, and then we will have brunch. It's neither brunch nor lunch, but it's a good meal. You get a good meal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it is fun. Um it hasn't quite hooked me yet, but I see it's getting very good reviews. So um Yeah, the studio the, behind it's kind of an interesting story. They're Ember Lab. They they're mostly they were like they've been a three D animation studio. So hmm. to see them like branch out to like full triple a looking game yeah that's it's pretty very cool. pretty I'll and that's that that's what it. i hear is like it, the animation and everything is it's beautiful it looks like a cartoon like a you know cg movie come to life so mm-hmm. yeah good yeah. stuff it's fun all right what about world war z aftermath Any, uh, anyone play that I'm, i remember i played the original world war oh. z when it came is this dlc or is this a new game do you know i was hoping you could tell me uh, <laughs> i don't play facebook games <laughs> it's not a <laughs> facebook game the original was a surprisingly good uh left for dead type game and i say surprisingly because like it's a movie tie-in um i didn't expect it to be that good but it was a lot of fun it does a really good uh, zombie swarming thing that uh, adds to the tension. And so, yeah, I would imagine anything that adds to that is going to be pretty cool. I, I think it's an expansion that is basically also a re-release of the uh-huh. game. Got yeah. it. So the aftermath, it, yeah, it's like the, if you're going to buy a version of that game, get this one because this is the latest and greatest. So It's the, it's the problem of calling your game World War Z because there's no letter that comes after Z. It's like calling your game Final Fantasy. You can't continue on that. Yeah, I true. thought the problem is that you were tied to, a, at this point, a very old movie and book. So, uh, but yeah, World War ZZ. Four-player co-op zombie shooter. Um, yeah. Try to escape oh, the zombies. If I was reviewing this in the 90s I, and I didn't like it, I would call it World War ZZZZZ and then get them lowercase afterwards. Oh. Huh. World War ZZ oh. top. Everyone's got beards. Yeah, um, I think it also hit Switch this week or maybe last really? week. Hmm. Don't know. Remember when you bought games on Switch that didn't have an Italian with a mustache in it? <laughs> we got we got a couple more kind of uh, expanded or upgraded versions of games. Diablo 2 Resurrected. Um, I'm excited yes. about this. I, I've never played a Diablo game ever. Really? Any, nope. any Not Diablo? even 3? There were like 6 nope. billion versions of 3. I, I know, and I heard it, it was really great on consoles, but, um, you know, I'm a sales scour and they never drop the price on this two sort of the one two's the one that everyone remembers i think the Mm -hmm. most fondly so yeah Uh, and this is apparently the best way to play it yeah everyone says it's super well optimized for consoles and yeah yeah well i know three was so yeah Mm -hmm. looking forward to this it hasn't unlocked yet by the well it might have unlocked by the time we're recording but uh it hasn't resurrected Mm -mm. oh man We'll talk about it next week. Final ultimate edition of a game that came out this week, Death Stranding Director's Cut. Yes. With new content. 
which Kojima doesn't want to call a director's cut, but they're calling a director's cut, so mm-hmm. fine. But yeah. uh, it reveals Harrison Ford has been an android the whole time. That's <laughs> true. It's true. Yes, I didn't God, want I wish I was doing podcasts thirty years ago. That'd be a great. Just joke. changes that one dream sequence in the game. Yeah, where, they had some narration. Yeah, instead of Monster Energy, you're drinking, you know, Red Bulls in the director's cut. That's that's the premise. <laughs> Yeah. They, man, those are some beautiful fucking monster energy I, cans, though. I've never seen one of those true. rendered so well in a game. Oh, well, wait, are, are you excited to revisit the world of Death Stranding? In a, uh, in a I'm just going to go back and play the original. I never finished, man. I'm not going to not going to yeah, buy never this it either. I think I think this is available like as a ten dollar upgrade, something like oh, that. Oh, is you it? Have the PS4 oh, I'll do that. Version. I'll do that. Fucking every day. Hmm. Okay, I'll look into that then. Yeah. All right, so yeah, a lot of games. Uh, unfortunately, just no time to play them because my copy of Deathloop finally arrived this week, and I'm just sitting there going, "Well, they're going to expect me to know more about Lost Judgment, so I got to play this." It's one of the worst times I've ever had in my life. Coupled with thirty twenty ten this week, light plug. Um, I, I started watching those movies three weeks ago, as there are nine hundred thousand for some reason. All new, t- a weird release week. And then, and then when we do thirty twenty ten games, like so much released in September, so fucking. That's that's um, the month you put it out there in time for the holidays, baby. That's right. what you do. Right. So that's all the new games, right? Yep. So let's move along to. I've heard this so many times, I can fucking sing it. Oh, I missed it. News. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> no one said anything about the swap last week, and I'm a little disappointed. I, I, I was expecting I was really going to throw people for a loop. I used the Artful Escape loading screen oh, Nobody music. listens to this point in the show, man. <laughs> That's probably must be what it is. Must be what oh, it really? is. Really? Maybe it's time I talk about my uh, Zionist views. Then. Mm, sure. Anyway. No, I... Well, maybe we, you know, if they're not listening, then they won't know that we weren't able to see that Nintendo Direct that happened yesterday because we recorded this before then. But I'm sure we'll have interesting things to say next week. You want to make light predictions right now? I mean, predictions on a thing that will air after the Direct happens. So, yeah, we can, we can see how well we did is what you're saying? I got one that's guaranteed. Okay. Okay, guaranteed. No one remembers this game. And it was only released in the previous generation. Yoshi's Crafted World will be announced. What they've Correct. said is that this game is supposed to center on stuff coming this winter. So I this think it's going to be almost entirely so, already announced games. That's why I predict it'll be a game that has already been developed and the last first party game, one of the last first party games that's not been ported, Yoshi's Woolly World. Hmm. That would make sense. That would look yeah. real good. Mm-hmm. That would. Um, probably another Metroid Dread trailer. We'll see. They've, I mean, they've that's done out two in a month. already. So. Yeah, it's out in a month. Yeah. yeah, it's coming soon. The the other big unknown that is, I don't know, I'm almost 50-50 on it is, are we going to see more Zelda? Like, mm. You might get another trailer, but it's not coming up by the winter. And then yeah, I was no. talking to someone today, uh, yeah, Bayonetta 3 and Metroid Prime 4. I'm like, I don't think those go, go from PNG logos to release games in winter. No, um, no. I would love to see that. That would be great. Bayonetta, I think, might be able to do that um, because the less I see about that game, the more I want it. Um, the, the the more that becomes a Nintendo exclusive, they release stealthily. Oh, I love it so much. This is my my dark horse candidate for all of these directs. Now, this will be like my skate for expansion to Ring Fit Adventure. That's the one announcement I'm what waiting. What the for. fuck? That that is like uh, weirdly. I feel like I've not finished that game, 
but I have played it more than other first-party Nintendo games that I have purchased. I have played that more than WarioWare, and I will continue to. Um, yeah, it just, I don't, I've fuck? never understood, like, just put a few more exercises in there. There's a lot more you can do with that ring. Just, yeah, I'd pay 20 bucks for an expansion. One, one of the best exercise games ever, and man, it's about to get cold, so I'm not going to be able to go walk the dog or go Gosh, swimming. Ring in, fit? It's great. Yeah. It's great for those winter I months. That ring Absolutely. fit. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, w- I was just going to make one more prediction. Uh, Mother 3 will come out, but... It will be sold exclusively on a Repro Game Boy Advance cartridge <laughs> and will only be available for 72 hours. And I, if, I, if I get my wish, it will be available to buy for everyone but T.L. Foster. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, everyone. Yeah, yeah that P&B pool house idiot, he can't get this mm. game at all. To buy it, you have to let Reggie, you know, basically just punch you. As hard as he can, but in the shoulder. He's coming That's... back to Nintendo on a contract basis just to punch people. Ladies and gentlemen, you, this game is yours for free. If you let me, fart in your mouth. My body <laughs> is fart. ready. It really is. I'm the creator <laughs> of the Bigfoot pizza. My body is ready to fart in your mouth. Yep. I just <laughs> ate a Frito casserole. Hope you like the taste of aerosol salt. <laughs> <laughs> we got some more. Uh, boy, the fallout from that would be nasty. Just like we got some more fallout from this Epic and Apple trial. Um, so basically, Apple Ooh. sent uh, Epic, uh, specifically CEO Tim Sweeney, a note uh, basically saying because of some of your actions and everything that was decided in that court case, we are not renewing your contract. We're not letting you back as a developer. We won't let you have a developer yep. account on the App Store. And that can basically be extended up to five years. So Tim Sweeney's saying, yeah, basically Apple is banning us from their store for up to five years. Up to five years because that's how long they can keep appealing the lawsuit they lost that uh – the whole reason Fortnite did this was to allow themselves to sell in-game currency outside of the Apple Store so they wouldn't take 30% of their V-Bucks. They won, but Apple said, uh, Apple said they still viol- they're still in breach of contract with us, and the judge is like, I'm upholding that too. Hmm. You're yeah, right. No, yeah, technically, yes. When they did it, they snuck it in there and didn't tell Apple, yep. and that was one of their reasons cited for not letting them back on as a developer account. Is like, you... You broke our rules in a very sneaky manner, you know, like in a very high profile manner that create gener- probably generated a lot of bad feelings. Yes. Oh yeah. And, 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 and it sucks happen. rooting for anybody in this case, but you sadly have to root for Epic. And and tried to turn it into a marketing campaign with a, a, a commercial that parodied Apple's own 1984. Ad. It was so ridiculous because underneath that commercial, all you can see is like. We're tired of making tens of thousands of dollars on nothing. We want to make hundreds of thousands of dollars on nothing. Uh, and, and, and it's hard to feel bad for Epic, but it's also like they did fight this battle so smaller companies wouldn't have to. And they succeeded on their behalf. And now Apple is punishing them in a way a bad king would. Cost it. Yeah, it's, it's costing them millions of dollars. Like, I know they've managed to make Fortnite work on so many other platforms, but, like, this costs them a lot of money. Every month they're not on that store. It's, and I, I wish desperately there was a game that could, like, force people to a competitor, but, like, doesn't really exist. Apple's an ecosystem that is now almost 20 years old. It's... You're not going to get people... I'm, I'm not going to buy enough... I'm not going to forfeit all my purchases to switch to a goddamn Pixel. Uh-uh. Um... <laughs> No, no. Poor, so I hate saying it. Poor Epic. <laughs> Would you be willing to forfeit 
uh, just one of your of your games, uh, the original Sonic. If it, you could maybe get four hundred thirty thousand dollars for it. All oh, right, this trend has to end. This is this well, okay, is but this trend is so ridiculous. bad. Four fifty is nowhere near the two million plus Mario got. So once again, Mario. You know, yeah, my god, it's half Sonic. price. <laughs> yeah, only four hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and or four hundred thirty thousand five hundred dollars. It's half price. All you have to do is call every relative you've ever known and ask them to sell their house. But th- this one was so odd that Sonic game. Yuji Naka himself, who, you know, credit is one of the creators of Sonic, basically like posted about it, and he's like, "Is this a scam?" And then I guess the. <laughs> The owner of the auction thing, like, responded to him. is like, no, uh, this is just, you know, wealthy people have, you know, different tastes and they, they can invest how they want. And this is a super graded version of this game. And it's like, uh-huh. it's a, yeah. It's money laundering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I've talked about this before, but it's, it is sort of a scam, but it's mostly a scam done on the absurdly rich. People come in there. Nobody who's like I collect games and I want I'm going to this auction to collect some games. No, these are all idle billionaires who are upsold to pay more for things you and I can get on eBay for one quarter of the price. The worst thing they can do is uh, up the price on legitimate, not legitimate, um, on normal uh, auction platforms. You will never have to. <laughs> any of you right now can go get a box Sonic of any kind for, I would say, under twenty dollars. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's the grading, it's the idea that like they. It's a, well, I talked about this, didn't I? Tell me, I'm well, always there's drunk. a there's a very good video I recommend you look up. Carl Jobst uh, did a did a YouTube video all about kind of his theories on what is happening with this market. I know and what's why happening because I, I I bought things from these people, but not online because uh, it's ridiculous. But they. It is one of those things where, like, you want to imagine white-coated, white-bow-tied billionaires out there bidding on stuff they barely care about. That's who these people sell to. And they tell them, like, it's graded, it's the best, and and some guy has a mild memory. My nephew really likes Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm not going to let this go away. And They they have fake bidders in the audience to boost the sale of this because they make 20% on every sale. Sorry, I know I talked. To, I know I said that. Oh yeah, no. There's there's a lot of stuff out there that you can find of, of why this might be 20%. happening. Twenty percent. You want to you want to be mad at Apple? Like, imagine if eBay took twenty like twenty like an additional twenty percent of your any purchase you made. You buy a bootleg, not a bootleg, uh, a, a black market PS5 for a grand, and then all of a sudden eBay wants an additional two hundred. You would never be involved in that transaction because you're not a billionaire. These people know billionaires and hold billionaire auctions and and build glossy catalogs, send them out, like offer to fly them out, put them up, and then bid on garbage. Um, Don't worry about it. You'll always be able to find these games. Always. Yeah, I think Yuji Naka was a little disappointed that that, that Sonic didn't get more. He was like apologizing to fans. Um, Just, But he did, by the way, more Yuji Naka news. He confirmed... He definitely left Square and is now indie. I think he even said he like retaught himself some programming. He's working on like a mobile stuff in Unity now. But uh, so yeah, can kind of confirmed. We all knew he had left Square, but working on a bold new idea. I call it Undertale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Balan Wonderworld. We we were like, yeah, you can't you can't let that one go, man. No, I I mean, you guys woke me up with that today. I have never in my life said in, in. professional and non-professional game previewing this is the worst game i've ever played 
<laughs> and, 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 and he has that distinction and he's made some of my favorite games ever. And we were j- joking about it. I'll say what the only thing that would make sense if, if they said Balan Wonderworld was designed for a peripheral that was canceled before it was announced. Like, yeah, you're supposed to play this game with a balance board or a calorie <laughs> counter or like like that's the only thing the, that makes or sense. Or the Pokeball for it, Let's it, Pokemon Let's Go. It's so insane. It's so weird and dumb and awful to play. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. And that does happen to games occasionally. And I just wanted to hear what happened because that game is awful. What's weird is like he keeps talking he's going to retire soon. And it's so sad to me as an American. He's only 55 and he's talking retirement and I'm like that doesn't seem realistic to me before like 85. Know, like- Americans don't have the luxury of threatening to retire. No. It's, it does, there's no benefit to that. It's also It also feels weird that he seems so young but you realize like how young he must have been when the original Sonic came out. Right. Like he was just a kid working on that game. Yeah, so. Probably a fucking paper boy in a big puffy hat. Hey, talk about more stuff that uh, older games that people want to see come out. Digital Eclipse. Digital Eclipse wants to remaster Marvel vs. Capcom 2 again. uh, Because remember, they they already did that version that came out on consoles like 2013 or 2009, I think, and then got pulled from stores 2013. Yeah, Chris, you were were part of that, I think. Um, Or you were working at Capcom at the time. Oh, no. Well, Maximilian started a free MBC2 thing uh, that it's not an issue of like free MBC2. That license gets spread, gets spread around. And um, if you pay Marvel an astronomical sum to license those characters, you don't want competing games on the market. When that subsides, Capcom will sell the game again. That game is a beautiful unicorn that should never exist. It did in arcades. It did on PlayStation 2. It did on Dreamcast. It did on PS3. It did on PS360. It'll be... A, it did, did it skip the PS4, Xbox One generation? Yeah, it skipped it. It, mm-hmm. it, it. it basically hasn't been on sale since 2013. Digital Eclipse, they, when they worked on that game, they were called Backbone Entertainment at the time. I, uh. I thought that was ballsy and weird. Digital, Digital Eclipse are the people who recode old games to fit on new consoles. Yeah. But that usually happens when you want to obfuscate rights. Digital Clips cannot do that in this case. And they've worked with, although they've worked with Capcom before, they are in no position to spearhead this resurrection even slightly. Marvel has to say okay. What they announced, though, was that they are in talks with both Capcom and Marvel. So it's not just like they're barking up the wrong tree. Did they say that? Yes, that's the news item. The, the, thing, the thing you might not want to hear is that there are always talks between those two companies and they walk away from the table a lot. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing is is he could just be putting this out here to drum up interest so that he can I think it was irresponsible. in those negotiations. He wants to work on that game because what they do is <laughs> recode old games. It's unfair to give players expectations that that's going to happen. And you do not have to need to have worked at Capcom or any video game company. Every video game company would love to sell the game they made for the rest of their lives in perpetuity. It's a licensing issue that lies with Marvel. So what you're saying is he's taking gamers for a ride. (laughs) Uh, I I, I hated seeing all that because every time that happens, everyone yells at Capcom and never Marvel. Never. 
Never. Never Marvel. It's always Marvel's fault when you don't have these games. Capcom, why don't you want to put Wolverine in Marvel? Well, we talked it over with all our, like, apparently everyone who works here who made the game and worked on it for three years hates Wolverine and doesn't want the game to be played by anyone. (laughs) Exactly. No, that has never fucking happened. It's always Marvel. It's, It's always Marvel. And this time it's Disney. And the fortunate thing is, is Disney has no ego because Disney worships money. And the likelihood of seeing this is good. I just hate reading these articles. Can we ever see it? Will Capcom allow it to happen? Stop saying that! Uncle Mickey is at, is, is the fucking Roman Emperor thumbs down, thumbs up person here. I think the difference is with Capcom, you sort of know who to yell at. Versus with Disney, the way they've they've structured it is, who do you go to and complain? Do you go to oh, it's Bob Iger still accounts? at the head? Oh no, I can't yell at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like it's it's on purpose. They're such a big company. It's like who do I yell at? There's no it's one to yell at. Ridiculous. So that's I, I watched my colleagues receive a ton of horseshit for every one of these releases. Where like none of these people would ever make a Marvel game with no X Men in it. That is a Marvel Disney issue. The fact that they have to answer your question does not mean you're allowed to give them death threats. Ask Marvel. Ask Kevin Feige. Let's put him at the head. <laughs> Hashtag harass Kevin Feige. Well, that's why Digital Eclipse is out there saying this stuff, is they know that there's a rabid fan base who will then maybe, you know, complain loudly. fan base for like 1,800 Capcom online fighting games that are not capable of being made right now. I, I really think that was irresponsible for him to say. These conversations exist all the time, um, but... In my experience, when they go bad, it's because of people who hold licenses and don't develop things like Marvel and Disney. I I mean, I can say I've certainly never seen them go well when you've been having secret discussions that you then announce publicly. Like that typically will make the stuff not happen, you know? Uh, Like, yeah. Why would you do this? Like, it infuriates me on behalf of my former colleagues because it's just like one thing they don't have fucking control over at all. It's all above every. It's above everyone's pay grade at Capcom, and it's in the hands of Disney and Marvel. That's it. Yep. Uh, last bit of news, a little sad news. Uh, Sir Clive Sinclair, the entrepreneur and inventor, who basically is responsible for PC gaming in in Europe, uh, inventor yep. of the ZX Spectrum, amongst other things, he passed away recently at eighty one years old. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is maybe hitting Europeans a bit harder because. So many of them did grow up playing Sinclair computers and the ZX, I think it was ZX80. Excuse me, it's the ZX Spectrum. Oh, that's right. That's right, ZX. (laughs) I I had a Timex Sinclair computer when I was very little. That was actually the first home gaming machine we had. Timex Sinclair? Like the watch people. Yeah, they they made it with Timex, and it was a horrible little machine, actually. (laughs) Um you know, it decent for the time, I guess, but it was black and white. And I remember, like, the key thing was that I, I, I found out, like, years later, this was because the RAM, I think, was, like, soldered directly to the board. So, it, like, it, it, it was unstable. There was something unstable about it so that if you would nudge the keyboard oh, no. the wrong way, the whole system would crash. And now, I know that sounds bad by today's standards. By the standards of the time... Yeah. Nintendo did that. <laughs> so the so the games that I played on it came on cassettes, like audio tapes. Yeah. And yeah. they would take roughly five minutes to load, during which you were sitting there staring at a static-filled screen, and then it would finally like get to the end of the tape, and you'd get to play your game. 
And if it crashed, you had to rewind and do it all over again. Ugh, and it sucked. Yes. That was probably to load like 5K of memory into it. But amazing tech for the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing sure. is. And, and I, I don't, I'm opening myself up for correction here, but here's an a anecdote I remember. We worked at a magazine company and we were looking at magazines that existed the longest. And I think, like, other than like Nintendo, brands like Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox, the uh, Sinclair magazine lasted into the late 90s hmm. because it was a system. Not for Americans, but because uh, we didn't have access to it, that you could upgrade and people were developing for for like twelve or thirteen years. I think it, it in terms of whatever it was, it might be one of the longest generations. Yeah, in I, I would say history. probably like NES had a big homebrew system after you know yeah. years after its release. I bet that the ZX Spectrum. Was I want like to say it was like look up your Sinclair. I think that magazine it, it lasted way longer than you think it did. From the 80s into, like, almost the 2000s. Yeah, because they were kind of those crossover systems that were, like, kind of backdooring PCs into your house in the guise of a console yeah. almost, you know? It was like, yeah, very affordable home computer at the time. Uh, it's also a word processor yeah. if you needed yeah. to be. Yeah, so uh, RIP Sir Clive Sinclair. All right, well, that gets us into the community segment, which is always... Is segmenting our community. community. Yes. Uh, Last week's question of the week was, like time loops, what's the recent trend in games you wish that there was more or less of? First respond on videogamepocalypse.com was Shaquille Oatmeal, who says, (laughs) a trend that I wish there was more of is combat systems that are basic, but they can get complex with skill trees and are also fun to use. I think this was used great in Ghost of Tsushima, where the combat felt Dude. really good to use, and you were able to unlock a lot of moves to make it not get repetitive. Another game that comes to mind is Jedi Fallen Order, with its Souls-like combat and Force powers that were implemented well. Yeah, that Those are great examples of two of my favorite games in a while, who reward skill-based gameplay, but they're not exactly like Souls hard. Yeah, the combat in, in Ghost of Tsushima is... you. You, you can't just button mash. But actually, what, it does have a system that like I yeah, like the, in a lot of games. It's basically rock, paper, scissors, especially when you encounter certain enemies that you're like, well, which stance do I need to use against this guy? It's like just knowing those weaknesses, but even just adding that one extra layer to the combat yeah, a makes timing, it so a much more fun. And, and, and whatever the DLC is, you get this element where like your time window for parrying and dodging is widened amazingly oh really so it's like yeah it's not hard at all anymore with new with the, the new dlc the perfect parry was yeah you had to get better timing before yeah so. I, I wore that the whole dlc for the recent uh icky island stuff i really gotta go back um, and finish that dlc there's too uh, many games it's really good it's really good mm-hmm. colin o'hara says question of the week i would like to see sliding less in shooter games it's hmm. pretty ridiculous that everyone can knee slide around like they just scored a goal in a soccer match on any surface known to man. I'm not asking for realism. I just think the sliding is a bit overdone. I think Colin Harris is, is exclusively playing Call of Duty because I don't know of any shooters that do that at all. Uh, most shooters do let you just, as if you're running, you'll do a slide to get behind cover mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. Deathloop mm. definitely does it. I love sliding upstairs in that game. Well, I can't play Deathloop, can I? Is anyone from Sony listening? Give me a PS5 <laughs> or sell one to me. I think it's really hard. What was that game that, that was it a platinum game from a few years ago where the whole point was to slide around the it's map? Vanquish. Vanquish. Thank yeah. you. Like after Vanquish, no one, no one gets to do sliding anymore because they yeah, are you the best at doing You don't have rocket boots it. and your <laughs> reconstructable ammo. Yeah. Why, why bother? 
on uh, Twitter, Sega WDCD. I think it's Sagod CD. Is it? I think that's yeah. how he pronounced Say it. Sagod. Okay, okay, Say I got it. Sagod CD says remakes are a constant trend in gaming. But I am uh-huh. really into the trend of reinterpretation of remakes. FF7, RE2, RE3, uh, all took it a step further than just a gra- graphical overhauls. They reimagined the story and added to it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Parasite, uh, Parasite Eve remake uh, in much the same way. Give me that sweet FF7R uh, battle system and drop it into Parasite Eve. Make some of the other supporting characters playable. I guess partner, the doctor, the weapon, specialist. Uh, and you have a sweet detective JRPG just telling Segod CD, you will be disappointed for the rest of your life. <laughs> I, that is uh, one franchise that Square just hasn't really put out there much. Like, I don't know why. Like, they don't give that, they don't it, give Parasite Eve any love. They have many franchises, but like this one spanned consoles and it, it had at least three different versions. So it is odd to like bury it forever, but it's, it's been dead a long time. I think yeah. it, it had its last gasp on PSP, and they probably it said, like, well, if it didn't Third sell birthday. well on PSP, the greatest and most popular system ever made, it clearly doesn't have a chance anywhere. <laughs> can't, I don't know, but that Vita like we, the most we talked about anything in this show is Yakuza, and Yakuza in the U.S. was dead, and then somehow revitalized the franchise in the U.S., and, like, it's one of the most viable things Sega has going. Well, it, it, it put out Yakuza 0, and that turned out to be extremely accessible and fun to play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's not it's not impossible, but like from what I know of Square, man, sorry, that's never going to happen. Hmm. Uh, Square's not as desperate as Sega. <laughs> yeah. On the official Laser Time Facebook community, Daniel Peckham says crafting. Ah, Chris's favorite. Part of yeah. what really frustrates me about the Fallout franchise is how heavily they've leaned on crafting in four and seventy six. It was somewhat easier to get past in 4, as I only wanted to play for the story, the character creator, and the aesthetics, as I'm a sucker for that pulpy, retro-futuristic look. Bethesda seemed to have taken one look at the huge pile of money Notch was making with Minecraft, and it felt like they scrapped whatever idea they were working on to make Fallout 76 into Fallout Minecraft. I mean, sure, it's cool to make your own base and everything, if you're into that. Me, I just want to play a game to have fun, not constantly grind and hunt for materials in the hope that the piece of wall I just built may advance the story. When a game becomes work, all semblance of fun evaporates. 76 has a whole host of problems, but for me, crafting is at the top of the list. It's the same reason I haven't played Breath of the Wild. Oh no, those are completely now, different now, things. Totally different crafting systems. Now, now, those yeah. are completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, I think you're more talking crafting to build. Like, it, yeah, you could say that's the reason I haven't played Valheim, and then I'll go yeah. okay. But yeah, Breath of the Wild totally different. Yeah, totally. Let, let me let me say this as a Breath of the Wild expert, the the greatest one anyone listening has ever known. Uh-huh. If you're cooking to survive, you're a noob and you're cheating. <laughs> like that 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 is all mostly crafting does is allow you to like game something difficult. But but like uh, to let's say let's say Ubisoft, Michael, mm-hmm. to their credit, when they craft something, it's used kind of more like an active time reload. Like I'm selecting mm-hmm. the weapon and then I hit triangle to make more of it because I picked up all this. Yeah, to, make, to craft arrows. Yeah, so arrows like that, are like that, that. I don't that I don't mind. But like having to go into a menu to like Last of Us does it, but you do it rarely in the game. To do that as much as the games you're talking about, like, I have no fucking time for that. See, I, I like time. the Far Cry implementation of, like, 
I'm going to shoot three beavers and make a beaver wallet so I can hold yes. more money. Like that's interesting. Mm-hmm. To no, me. That, that's that's fine. But like if you're crafting crafting like flame arrows, you literally open up a wheel menu, hit triangle like an active time reload. Yeah, and you could do that before you get in the fight. So you can do that during a fight. Uh, it's very easy to do, but it's better. You're better off doing it before you get in the fight. But it's like you're not opening up a menu and like fucking doing it. Doing it with like a, uh, I got you, like a dis- yeah, discreet crafting yeah. screen where you yeah. gotta build stuff. No thanks. No thanks. I like it though, but I, I get why Daniel Peckham would be annoyed by it. Yeah, sure, sure. But you don't craft weapons in Breath of the Wild, <laughs> right? You don't. Right, you just have to stockpile them because they break all the time, which is the worst system. Uh, Chris Lee Hosett says, <laughs> menus with tiny text and those Destiny-style pointer things to select stuff. Yes! Uh, we had menus figured out in the 360 era. Big, bold letters that were easy to navigate, damn it. Yells at Cloud. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have one from Full Install who says... Question of the week. Uh, what trend do we or don't we want to see continued in games? I've got an answer for both. What I really like, and I think... The first instance I think I saw of this is Resident Evil 4, is the one-shot game. We're recently playing God of War, and it's it's something that's, uh, I don't know, it makes it really more immersive, doesn't it? I think Hellblade did the same thing, where it just starts and you just go on. Last of Us kind of does it to an extent, but then it is broken up by CGI cutscenes. CGI cutscenes, what I'm talking about. Um, and one thing I'd like to see not uh, continue as a trend is early access. Just fuck off. <laughs> I mean, no, it's fine for indie titles, but like, come on, Baldur's Gate 3, just release itself already. I mean, I don't want a 20-hour campaign for, what, the last year? It's just a bit much, isn't it? And, uh, and if you've got DLC tied to an early access game, you can shit right off. Um, so, yeah, sorry if that was a bit long, but uh, I felt like I needed to uh, extend that gratitude to, to you because it was a, uh, it's been, you know, very well earned. So, yeah, thank you to you guys, and from me and Hicks, I will speak to you hopefully soon in high spirits. So, yeah, take it easy, guys. Please. What up, Hicks? That is a very cute puppy. So we, we had to edit that a little bit for length, but we just want to say a hey, full install. We appreciate all the stories you told us there. We hope you're doing well, and uh, thank you for the kind comments you made about us. That was that's everyone awesome. who hates full install can shit right off. I'm I'm just <laughs> trying to adopt that. In I'm my gonna I, I'm gonna use that in my daily vernacular. I want to say that to people at work. Shit is a repellent. It makes sense. And could you handle this news story? Just shit right off. Just shit off. <laughs> Fuck off. Like, are if we're gonna have sex, I'm not leaving. So shit off makes way more sense. I mean, you could you could tell them to jack right off, and that's kind of like saying go fuck yourself, but a bit more polite, you know? Shit off, Matt. You can go shit jack off. right off. Shit off with your Yakuza nonsense, Matt. <laughs> I don't know why I made him Australian. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. But um, if he's got a problem with it, I'll make love to him on his beat spread. Um, <laughs> now, he's but, from, now he's a Kiwi. He's uh, New Zealand, yeah. yeah. There's, there's an idea. Yakuza, but redub everyone in... Uh, New Zealand or Australian accents. Hear you? Present. Present. Ichiban. Present. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just breaking just doing the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. <laughs> Watch Wellington Paranormal. It's great. Uh, new question of the week: Do you prefer episodic releases or games that come out all at once? I mean, for me, this is a pretty obvious question. Like, yes, I would rather pay sixty dollars to get all of a game at once rather than. $20 to get the first chapter of a game and then another $10 or whatever for each subsequent chapter. Or even, you know, free. Um, I, I appreciate the Toby Fox, uh, what he's doing with Deltarune. Like, you know, you're giving people a chance to play chunks of the game for free. But, like, honestly, you know, I'd, I'd rather just do everything in one straight shot. Like, just spend a week or so obsessing over a single game and play it from start to finish rather than 
waiting. All right, just uh, just another two months till the next episode. I think it's difficult not to ask a game to do that. And when I was most complimentary of uh, the Telltale style of gameplay, because they were like literally responding to like fan input, they could yeah. change games or they could uh, fix things mm-hmm. or heighten other characters that people liked. And I thought that was very interesting. In in hindsight, even on a Netflix model, because we were talking about this the other day off mic, because Netflix is out there releasing every episode at once, it means sort of like everybody has to, because that's how our brains work now, if you live in a streaming environment. I love Only Murders in the Building and What If. Every week I forget they exist. (laughs) Every single week. It is funny the streaming services now have gotten away from that, like Ted Lasso's weekly, you know, mm-hmm. like not everyone's doing the all at once. And I prefer the Netflix model. Just dump it all at once. Let me get through it no, at my own pace. We, we prefer the Netflix model, but I also prefer Cheetos to vegetables. It doesn't mean like my local grocery store should funnel those in my face. That's Netflix Nintendo. did that. Netflix did that because like, why? someone's like, why did you do that? Netflix? He's like, uh, cause we all got. Uh, DVD episodes at a time and then we add them all at once and why not release them all at once and they didn't have any like reasoning to do that like it actually they were actually like it probably makes more sense to not do that because it's an unhealthy way to enjoy things <laughs> well I think I think it's, if you're trying to extend the conversation around your yes. thing like yeah obviously people not a lot of water cooler moments having it happening at offices yeah. these days but like people talk about those episodes every time they come out I've fallen over myself on a Telltale episode and then forgotten the game existed and don't want to talk about it by the time the, the, the fourth episode comes out. Yeah. I yeah. don't see a world where that model comes back, actually, and I kind of hate that. Uh, I need it all at once or nothing. I'm just not orga- I'm not organized enough to play a fourth episode of a game eight months after it comes out. I'm right. not. Like, uh, I'm usually playing something else. So, and it's like, really tough to, to even remember the plot right. at that point. I, I I do prefer all at once. There's one one exception. And since they that started releasing them all at once, uh, it's still great, but it's it you play the games differently. Hitman. That new mm. Hitman model, like that original Hitman 1 re-release when it was episodic. Because what that forced you to do is... You had a month to play every level and and learn it inside and out and go through all the different ways to kill people and they have all these different missions. It was meant to be like this live service game. I found with like two and three when I could play them all at once, I just play through it kind of one or two times, do things a certain way, and then I'm done with it forever. And it's a shame because it's like, no, those those games get more fun the more you play each level because you start to really, it opens up to and you see all the stuff they put in there, which you never see if you just play it the one or two times, you know? And so I, I think point. episodic games would make games better. Um, but I think the way we're distributed, almost everything else, I'm a com. I, I started out as a comic book guy. Yeah. It's difficult to like, remember a story. We yeah. even week to week. Yeah. It, it Nowadays. Just is. For sure. And games have never been able to follow a week to week release structure. Um, yeah, if you're going to do it, you almost I, need I to just know. do what TV shows do, which is have it all in the can and then and then piecemeal it. Well, I think the mistake mm-hmm. that Telltale and, and other games made is they were building the airplane as they were flying it, right? Like those episodes were coming in hot as soon as they were done versus mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we have the whole season done. We're just going to piecemeal it. I, mean, I, I talked to people over there. They were taking data on what people did and like redefining the story. It was like innovative and it's what you want from game. 
It's what you want from the New Day Meet the Undertaker, or whatever the fuck that game that was announced. This oh, that's going to be like up. a Bandersnatch thing. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm so fucking happy. <laughs> I cannot wait. I love the New Day and the Undertaker so much. <laughs> I really do. That Just from that title alone, it sounds like a Scooby-Doo thing. Like he's going to chase no, it's, around it's, through halls it, of That's exactly doors. what it is. It's going to be a it's schlocky It's called Escape thing. the Undertaker, but it's with three real people, two of yeah. which I've met and are amazing. Hmm. Uh, and they have their own cereal brand. Like they're very cartoony. It's kind of like, you know. Booty out. I uh, cannot wait. All right, so what do you prefer, episodic or all at once when it comes to game releases? Let us know. Go to videogamepocalypse.com and answer in the comments for episode 438. Such a fascinating question because, like, it is really the difference between games being movies or television shows. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It- well, actually, what made me think of it, it wasn't even the, the Delta Room news. It was I was playing – I was finishing up Judgment 1. And the whole time I'm playing that, I'm like, I think they at one point thought this was going to be episodic because between mm-hmm. every scene, mm-hmm. they have a recap of like, here's the story so far. And I'm like, why uh, yeah. would they have recorded those? Yeah, yeah. Like recaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Psychonauts 2. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe you uh, quit the game and, you know, didn't play for a week and now you need to be reminded of what happened. Oh, they're great. Oh, yeah. it's great that they're there. But yeah. it definitely was like, why did, why would they put them there if I'm... Just playing it all as a straight shot. Mm. But, yeah. Give it a give it a TV series kind of conceit. It, it did make me wonder if they had intended for that game to be kind of a detective TV series around it. Yeah. But alternately, if you want to answer the question of the week and you don't want to go to our website, you can uh, visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Um, anyway, that has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. TL, what are you working on? Hey, uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, my podcast, which is P&B. Uh, again, we reached episode 250. So if you want more talk about Skyrim or other stuff, Yakuza, um, uh, you come do that. It's a great show. Really great people. Um, and I also want to plug uh, Life in the Pool House. We'll be coming back soon. Uh, I'm doing stuff. Sonya's doing stuff. So there's just a lot of stuff going on. And... This is an exclusive. This is a VGA exclusive. Uh, you're going to want to go to YouTube.com slash Turbo Bison. You're going to want to subscribe. November, I will be doing something very cool with the Super Nintendo and with JRPGs. So there it is. That's a little tease, a little saison of what's coming up. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for doing the show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, follow me on everything at Turbo Bison. Oatmeal Gamer, a.k.a. T. L Foster, that's T E A L Foster, uh, and lastly, aka Turboat. Somebody gave me that uh, Turbo, and then Oat. So there we go. Nice, nice. Yeah, thanks, thanks again, T L. Uh, what do you guys got? I want to plug Mario sixty four just to bother T L. Yes, he's not here especially since he's not himself. here to defend himself. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yes, Mario sixty four really needs defending. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's more no, just I mean, a troll. TL's TL. not here to defend himself. Oh, I know, but but I mean, Chris is sticking up for poor Mario sixty four. Yes, yes. <laughs> Who I love, and I want to just thank TL real quick. Um, I, I'm not. This is not really a plug, but I wanted to do a black exploitation episode of Laser Time for so long, and that when when he it turned out he was down and knowledgeable, I was so happy. And mm-hmm. Melvin and Peebles died this week, and um, yeah, it's been yeah. We got so many celebrity deaths going on right now. Willie Garson and uh, Sex and City guy and a, somebody else who I've already forgotten. Jesus Christ. Norm. And, you know, I know Norm, but there's someone in between there that I already sure. forgot. It's just, yeah. you well, know, being I, this pop culturally aware, you're going to get hurt a lot when you turn 40, it turns out. 
Yeah, Sorry, and there's a lot more celebrities nowadays than there used to be, and so there's going to be a lot more of those celebrity deaths. Yeah. Oh, no, the seventh lead on Dream On died this week? What's Dream On? I can't stream that. It's <laughs> just, a, yeah. It, well, and of course, Chris around. and I chose to capitalize on that death when we streamed Dirty Work at twitch.tv slash C. Allen. Uh, we also re-released the Norm McDonald episode of Laser Time, uh, mm-hmm. just kind of as, as a tribute there, which was cool. Um, and then I, I'll re-plug it. As you're listening to this today, Friday, I'm doing a stream this evening, 6 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash striking distance studios. We are watching Pumpkinhead. So check me out. Fucking Come lend some movie. support. Great, 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 great movie. Oh, and the norm, uh, the Dirty Work stream, I think as you're hearing this already, it should be live. I put the audio archive live on the Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. But here's the deal. We didn't feel right charging you for it. So it's there free. That is a freebie that anyone can go grab. Patreon.com slash laser time. And why are you there? If you just so happen to subscribe, I mean, I'm not going to say anything about it. Are you going to say anything, guys? Just, 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 uh, I, I had to write it the other day. I think Norm McDonald was in my top three favorite people with showbiz presence. And I don't even know what that means. He's not my favorite comedian. He's just like my favorite person to see alive. And then he, all of a sudden he became not alive. But we recorded a podcast about him as if he were dead already because he's unknowable, weird, yet mm. deliberate and <laughs> like a, a god in his medium. Like it's fucking crazy. Uh, still miss him, even though I haven't seen him in fucking a year. Uh, well, anyway, as always, you can visit us online at videogamepodclips.com. You can follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. And you can follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R. AZ and I will sometimes tweet funny things. Very rarely, though. Don't get your hopes up. And then start fights with Seth Rogen yeah. and never plug his wife's show. Mm. I've never seen his wife's show. Your wife's show. Oh, well, yes. 302010. Go listen. <laughs> Unbelievable. I thought you said meant Seth Rogen's wife. You start <laughs> talking camera on him. Talking, I ha- I barely Put a camera you. on him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. You started a fight with the guy who called the Emmys out on their bullshit uh, social yeah. distancing this week, man. I just said he. It was like, who holds controllers like this? And he says, I do. And then a I bunch do. of people come in, came in and were like, Oh, look at this stupid asshole! He got told. Like, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you people? Come at me, dude. Yeah. I'll put Paul Rudd on you. <laughs> anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. From that, I was informed today by a strange person about uh, is direct coming, big direct. Uh, tomorrow, yeah, there's oh, a direct yeah. tomorrow. Of course, it has to be the day after we record. <laughs> <laughs>